Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and I am back with episode 113 of the... Shoot that shit. Don't worry. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and for episode 113, I have the host of Contrast Uncut, Zylo. What up, my guy? Man, he said episode 113. You up and running, boy. Man, 113 out of inconsistent pace. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> the whole thing is to keep it going. It's the marathon. Definitely, dude. Definitely. The marathon continues. I appreciate that, my guy. I think, man, I got lucky the last episode we shot a couple days ago. And I'm glad we've been trying to link up for a second. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah. Appreciate you so nah. much for coming on, Zai. No, nah, I appreciate you having me. Is Zai me. cool? Can I call you Zai? Right, whatever you I have a nickname for everybody, my guy. Zai would be the Shit, no, nah, I've heard low, Z, Zai, Z, low. It's, 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 it's all good, bro. It's and I know, you, and we know, we've been trying to get on, we were trying to do this for a while now, and I'm glad you wanted to be a part of the podcast, bro. Like, I'm honored to have you on. I'm glad, like, just like, like we'll talk about you know, real quick and everything. I'm glad people want to appear on my show and show love and share your story and share, you know, your platform. And I think it's a great way to bring our platforms together. It's, it's magic, dude. I'm down with that. One, I got to support Bakersfield. Like no matter where I go in life, uh, at the end of the day, you always got to represent where your foundation was built. My foundation was built here. Mm -hmm. So anyone that's trying to move in Bakersfield, I'm trying to support. Like I move around and and see it and then, you know, put, put some belief into it and Hey, you need some wisdom or some advice. I got you. Mm You need me to pop up on the show. I got you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I started, a lot of people told me no. So when you take that no and do it on your own, you sort of take the long way. Mm-hmm. But you get the guidance and the resources to be able to feed the knowledge to someone else and lower the ladder. I think it's very important that we all do that in every aspect of our life. It doesn't mean we just podcast, just giving game back to people who are yes. trying to do what you do, the younger generation, people who, you know, you take like a mentorship role to them. Like, it's definitely important we keep that game going. We keep it cycling. I think yeah. once we die, bro, we can't take that with us. Like, why not give it back to those who seek it? You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. It's crazy yeah. way to put it. <laughs> you know, I like to say on my show, knowledge is superpower, but it's, it's the only superpower you get to use in real life. So when you get mm-hmm. to use that knowledge... You know, you get to react and, and have that ability. Mm-hmm. And people sleep on that. It's, it's a superpower. Be able to utilize it and then be able to spread it too. Mm-hmm. I want to spread contrast and cut. Uh, salute. You are the host of that show. How long have you been doing this show, bro? I know you're part of Uncle right. Snoop's I, Army. Is that correct? Uncle Snoop's Army, Bobby D Presents. And Honor no, to yeah, you, no. I write my scripts. I produce it. Mm-hmm. I record it. Shout out to the few editors I've had because... Editing is not my get down, so salute to <laughs> anyone and everyone that edits because, yes. boy, oh boy. It's a process, dude. We were just talking about how I'm shooting my pod, and yeah, you said, I need to get a camera. I had like three little cameras at one point, but editing You it, have to have the little thing right here to punch in each camera. Okay. That's okay. where you don't have to edit. You're editing as we're going. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, shout out Created by Blue, my boy, because, like, he's been making me bigger on my production. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my guy, R by Mark, shout out to him. He's been telling me my, my, about my production, too, like, the whole setup, the camera, the lighting, yeah. um, the, you know, color coordination, all that stuff. He's like, we got to make that thing pop out. The content's great, but the visually, what are we giving the people? You got to give a production value. Okay, like, okay. Like, bro, I've had, so I've been blessed, uh, started off by myself. 
the story behind it is that I tried to get a job at the radio station. They told me no. Mm-hmm. Shout out Hot 94.1. Hell yeah. And, you know, my boys, Kev King, and we have a great relationship, but relationships can't get you to a job when they don't want to hire you. Mm-hmm. And I came from managing Rusty's Pizza for seven years. Shout out to the room. You heard Rusty's? Yeah, bro. Oh. I managed Rusty's on Auburn, Niles, Weibel. I was at Rusty's for a second, too, in the beginning. It's like, I had two stints. Shout out to Alan and Pam and Bruce and all that, bro. Hell yeah. So Niles and White Lane. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I ran Weibel. I ran Niles. And then they sent me to Auburn. I ran Auburn, made them a bunch of money. Like customer service is huge. Being able to have that, you know, being an advocate for the customer and shit. Like I pushed that shit. Giving back to the community. I seen you put the Boys and Girls Club stuff. Yeah, that's. Bruh, it's important, bro. Every school, mm-hmm. like if there was a wrestling program, basketball program, like I gave pizzas, football program, I gave pizzas, like their thing was activity. So I got people in the door, mm-hmm. but my customer service was always bringing people back. Mm-hmm. And I trained everyone to give to the customer, like, mm-hmm. you know, plates, napkins, cheese, peppers, ranch. Like I pushed the line. Yeah, definitely. Jalapenos, like, and <laughs> that's a they, grind. Like for real, bro. And that's it really grind. made everyone that came in continue to come back. They didn't mm-hmm. care how much they paid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what made them, you know, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and sales tactics, there. bro. I helped them with PR. Yeah, like. <laughs> you got that. I think you gotta open up, open up those lanes, and I think it's great we have those seeds to plant what we built. You know what I mean? So that's like, pretty cool. My we brother see that used to get mad at me. He still works for him. Like man, shout out Eat Greedy because like he, you know, I helped him in a rap career, gave me a lot of games, so I have mm-hmm. now to be able to talk to industry people. Mm-hmm. But working there, I created a curbside there. I created the whole logo design for the curbside. Like Definitely. I created a whole like, hey, we need to get coupons to every house like every door coupon like bro I, I did a lot for that company and then I was paid nickels and pennies and told what I could and couldn't do and One, so yeah. it, it pushed me out and God had a path for me and like I said radio told me no I went to the other station where I knew the program director they told me no what were you trying to do at that point? What were you thinking? What Anything. was your dream, your vision? So I'm basically, I'm in the interviews that 94.1's having the big celebrities come mm-hmm. by at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, bro, let me work his promos. I'm already in the door. Mm-hmm. Like, my homie's already interviewing the guys that are coming on the show. So it's like, boom, let me be a promo person. I work from the ground up. I mm-hmm. sweep the floors. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. I came from running a restaurant to wanting to be on the bottom again because mm-hmm. I wanted that much. And they said no. Mm-hmm. Went to 103.9, they said no. And so I was like, all right, well, what else can I do? Because I feel like I have a voice still. Start a podcast. Beautiful. It's always a beautiful route to go. And uh, did a whole first season audio. And then by the end of my first season, I got to meet Bobby D. Bobby D is a booking agent, business partner, and longtime friend of Snoop Dogg. Okay. And okay. his dad was a longtime promoter. Like, they used to have, like, a... Oh my gosh, uh, bro! Why am I forgetting the old school names? But like Marky Mark's first time on the West Coast is because Bobby D's, Bobby C, mm-hmm. brought him out here. Like brought the group out here. Mm-hmm. New Kids on the Block. Oh, it's back in the day, still I love it. Like or no, is a new edition. Yeah, it's New Kids on the Block. Mm-hmm. Brought him out to the West Coast for the first time. Type mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. First in and out experience is what he said on my interview, mm-hmm. talking about Marky Mark, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, and so. You know, I built a relationship from him from that first interview. He said I was organic and uh, psychedelic, like Post Malone. He mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I'm going to sign you. And I got pushed under Bobby D. Got sent out to go do media. 
and fit, found out what my role was. I'm mm-hmm. doing media and interviews. Then COVID happens, but I keep on going. Now I start doing Zoom interviews, and whoever would see me, I'd pop up on them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Uncle Snoop's Army signed me on my second season. Beautiful. And then I've been running since. I'm on season. I'm wrapping up season five right now, fifty episodes, and then season six I'm filming currently. What did you get your inspiration from to keep growing this platform you have? Opportunity and like my basis of my show is praising personal success and giving the resource of the knowledge of their testimony mm-hmm. to use for people to use in their own careers. Because at the end of the day, who whatever people's been through is real life shit. Another outlet to give the game back to people. <clears throat> that's, exactly. That's fucking awesome. Pay it forward. I feel like that's kind of been like the whole STS. Like, I know we're at episode 113, but I feel like I'm still trying to catch my groundings, to catch my footing, and still build an image of it. Because it changes by month. Like, I want to do, we're doing sports one month, and we're doing, you know, whatever big hip hop artists I kind of hear about. Like, oh, he, my guy Jay Vuitton, you know, have him on several times. My guy OJ. Yeah, you got to realize your show is more of a lifestyle show. Yeah. You can't, you can't put it in a department of, it's just sports. It's just music. Yeah. It's just that. It's more lifestyle. I remember I talked. I talked my deepest. My deepest days were on the mic, telling people like, "Yo, keep your head up, cause addiction's no joke. Death's no joke." Like, I haven't t- touched on this year. This whole year, I haven't done a solo pod. Like the solo stuff's more. I think lifestyle, like you said, Bruh, I have yet to do a solo one. Never. Dead oh. ass, bruh. Like, I started off my show with a co-host, and we yeah. did a first episode breaking down the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the fourth episode, he disappeared. So, I started interviewing everybody on my own. Okay. And, you know, I'm at, like, I've am i done over 300 interviews, bruh. Okay. I seen that. And you just, I just wrote down Rhymefest, Murs, Buddy, the last couple. It was a recent. Yeah, and I then, just did Buddy the other day. That's beautiful. I love Buddy, dude. Yeah, no, he's incredible. He just came on. What movie did he just come on, dude? I just seen Buddy. Oh, no, it's not Buddy. Never mind. I was talking about the Prince of Bel-Air show. But he yeah, did, he was on He Bud. was on there. Yeah, he, he was on there. Yeah, Bel-Air. That's beautiful. Yeah, I seen that. Like, yeah, that's dope. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, right going crazy. <laughs> that's tight. I was in a studio session. Like, we did the interview in the studio, and he was doing a Smino record. And, like, he's literally asking, like, man, what did Smino say on this? What do you think he said? And we're giving him what he thinks he said. And he was like, how do you spell Bubba Gadoosh or... <laughs> Something like that, bro. And I'm like, man, how do you spell it? So I started searching it, and t- I told him how to spell it. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. I knew it was dope, bro. Yeah. But, I, love, I love seeing him. I think from the field, it's important to have figures, podcasts like ourselves. We're getting that, because we're building our brand now. And I think we, we're how you're I'm spreading it. I'm still building. 300 interviews in, I'm still building. I'm still trying to get to the next level of what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to get distribution so that I could be inside of every channel like if you got a roku tv you'll Mm -hmm. find me if you got amazon you'll find me like and i want it to be the video not just youtube video Mm -hmm. it's one thing just being heard it's one another thing to be seen and have them combined yes spotify just started that i don't know but you have to have exclusive deal to be able to have your content come out like that damn and exclusive deals, you know, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) well how did well i think right now like just say the one with miguel right the one i just dropped they have an option you can see it now like it's a it's a video format and that video format they detach the audio and that's how your audio now it's an audio video so when people click the spotify link of episode 112 or episode 113 
We're gonna be on Spotify. Oh, that's dope. They okay. just started that, dude. I didn't know either. Oh, so they didn't make it. So now it's not exclusive. No, anybody could do it. That's dope. I think that's a. You should definitely. It's a. It's beautiful to see. Like the first time I sneaked, I was seeing Joe Rogan with his video. Where I'm like, damn, why? They need to do that for everybody. And now, yesterday was the first time I seen it on Spotify. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, that's groundbreaking. This opens the game up a little bit. But the only thing I don't like is when you're. I do my do. I do mine through Anchor, right? Anchor some some reason does not add that most recent episode. I think it's because of the video format. They only have the audio straight, straight audio format, so you can't see the numbers you're doing with this last one. Because I think it's a video format, and they don't add that to the list. It's weird, dude. That's on my. But it'll it'll pop up on end of the year stats. But I can see it on my laptop if I go. That's crazy. So I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder why I can't. I like to see on my phone. I don't like. I never go on. Like anchor on my laptop, it's just on my app, you know. I just the numbers matter, of course, they do matter, right? To the sponsors and shit. Shout out to Martin's Meats, sponsor of our podcast, locally owned since 1989. It's all family. They hooked up my man, they took care of my Highland girls team. Shout out to the Highland Scots. I haven't even talked about that on a solo pod. Um, anyway, what's man, going man, with this, dude? Man, hold on, Valley Championship, man. Salute, bro. Like, you know, and, I told you over the phone, but look, shake your head. How many times did I tell you, like, yo, I got basketball right now? And it's just, you know, we go through a valley run of the state run, I'm like, oh, shit. no, that's real. It's I, I, it was a priority, dude. Like, that's I thought like adrenaline, yeah, it's crazy. That's where you live in high school, yeah, like, dude. and it's through it, the people you're training so. at levels I never experienced. I didn't play no basketball. Ball in high school, dude. I was just a fan of the game, read books, went to a practice for four years, shut the fuck up, and just listened up That's and hard. didn't talk until I was asked. And then just got a, got the ball rolling from that. Honestly, I learned for four years at Fodio, dude. Shout out to Domo West. Like, just learned the game and how to, you know, how, how do I to say, teach it. Teach it, but then speak it to other people in ways they will understand. Like, it was, it's weird, dude. Because, you know, basketball, but how do you explain that to a high school kid like how, yeah, do you, how do you break it down what you're thinking how to do exactly and how do I get that across knowing I've never been in that scenario or that situation I don't know how it is to be down 25 with two with two quarters left what the hell do you tell somebody shit like that but yeah that's what I was doing this whole time man let so, it build yeah man <laughs> chip away at that thing yeah, so that's yeah. why it was so nah, I went to South High trust me oh hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> Back when they were the Rebels, the Commanders sound so weird, dude. Nah, they're the Spartans, but... Oh, the, yeah, the Spartans. The Commanders is the fucking Washington football team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tripping. tripping. But no, nah, it's all good. I don't like saying the Spartans, but it is what it, it is. It is the Spartans, dude. That's crazy. But no, nah, my South High Wrestling, they, they won a Valley Championship, too. Oh, so you know the feeling. Oh, yeah, well, no, nah, I don't coach. I, I just watch it. Mm. Like, I wrestled and wrestled my ass off. I got cauliflower. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, I got the whole experience of losing weight, running, and testing your body. And mm-hmm. passing out to make way type shit like mm-hmm. it Definitely. teaches you to be, you know, if anything goes, you got to give it y'all. Yeah, I do. I wrestled at Foothill for like three years too. I wasn't anything special. Like I'm putting this podcast down, like I'm a star. <laughs> I was trash, but it's uh, a that damn discipline, that grind. You never forget that shit. Come on, ninety eight degrees. I, I got blessed, bro, because I was around the Jake Varners, the Nathan Morgans, no, like man. big dogs. I got to go on the Kern County wrestling team, and mm-hmm. I got to see them, and it, it inspired me to like, oh yeah, it's the next level. So much raised the bar in the in the, in the whole area. That they're a powerhouse, dude. Shout out to the Varner family. Oh, Can't yeah. even sit like Olymp. That's an Olympic athlete. You know what Olympic I mean? Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, Olympic gold medalist, champion. dude. It's crazy. Yes, sir. So that's why I was saying, like, man. 
just in every aspect, dude, like this podcast has seen me during the darkest days and just it's more it's like therapy for me. Just kind of what we're going through the day, good, bad. Bro, you talking know? is great for humans, man. That's yeah. what was missing during COVID. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's people forget the art of the the face to face conversation, bro. Like what you look at each other in the eye. Like that's something that you can never Replace with a screen or with a Zoom meeting, or you could get away with it a little bit, but no, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. The the bond you have in the room that translates to the audience is a big difference from trying to command something from a screen. Mm-hmm. But you know, you work with what you got. If you got scraps, you got to make a masterpiece. What was um one of the what was the biggest I guess not obstacle you overcame, but what was the biggest challenge while doing Zoom meetings? You know, we're in COVID now, we're in the pandemic, just adjusting to Zoom interviews. Basically, when I first got signed, I was told I was going to be interviewing everyone at the festivals. So I'm going to be interviewing artists that are the biggest names in the game. So I'm thinking my life changed after signing this. (laughs) And COVID hits. Every show, every festival was canceled. canceled. So I had to re go back to the drawing board. My wife's a preschool teacher. Shout out Agape Land. They were already doing Zoom uh, meetings. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was a little hip. Like, okay, this thing called Zoom. I can send out like FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start sending out DMs. And at this point, it was second season. Um, I was starting to film, and then I got wind Uncle Snoop's army was gonna have me sign. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna start hitting people with with a, a nice. I would say like a template I wrote mm-hmm. of how to get people to come on my show. And I adjusted it, adjusted it. Second season, I got some big names. And then I was like, okay, this is good, but I got to get it better because I'm sending out 100 DMs and only getting five yeses and 95 no's. Mm-hmm. Five yeses were some good names. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's really like the biggest challenge was trying to connect with people because now here I am representing the, one of the biggest icons in the game mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to validate. I've literally had people, when I interviewed Be Legit, he had to call Snoop Dogg to verify that I was with him. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's crazy stories like where people have to say, hey, I interviewed LT Hutton. LT Hutton's a good friend of Snoop. Call him. producer, dude. Super. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah all eyes on me. Yeah, like, he had to call him like, hey, is this worth my time? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when he's asking me like, hey, do I got to call Snoop, man? Call the man. Yeah. And it gets validated. It feels good. But it's still like, OK, I'm still searching for that validation. And that mm-hmm. part of the game is like, damn, how many big people I got to interview that for this shit to start rolling? Mm-hmm. And like I'm in season six and I'm still in the same boat. Like mm-hmm. I'm still grinding. I get three people from Snoop Dogg each season. Mm-hmm. And so... What's, so how do you think you take it to the next level? I'm searching too, bro. The, <clears throat> I'm searching, weren't you? I mean, the outlet. I mean, the biggest thing. So I've had two offers where I was supposed to go on Dash Radio. Mm-hmm. And the first contract I got from them, I had to send to my attorney. They were like, hey, they, they want your per- per- uh, perpetuity, which means they want future of you, whatever happens, because they're giving me my first big platform. It's like... So this, when you read that and then they want to split everything down the middle instead forever? of I mean yeah basically moving forward I didn't I, I should know that fucking word but I did not know there was a clause in contracts like that like I make money yeah. off you know if you're with me or not yeah cause wow. they, they believe that they're giving they're putting you in front of 400,000 people and so because of that they know that they're doing that and you bubble and do something great 
they want to make sure they recoup their investment by giving you a deal, your first deal. It's like getting the 360 deal as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And so when you get that, it's like, okay, the attorney's breaking it down like this. And then it's just like, hey, are you going to sign it or are you not going to sign it? And I pondered it and pondered it and I let it go. I didn't sign. I thought mm-hmm. like it was, you know, going to take too much from me. And my mistake is that, and you see how I said mistake. Mm-hmm. I ended up revisiting that contract a year later and then signing it. The difference being is that when you have 0% of, of a little bit versus a bigger audience and more ability to utilize that platform to sponsors to to where the money is at, it gives you a different playing field versus, mm-hmm. hey, I'm still building from nothing versus having that 400,000 people audience gives mm-hmm. you that power play to say, hey, this is my backing to your product or this is my backing to your viewership of what you're investing into what I'm doing on this show for you. Mm-hmm. And that's where major growth is. Mm-hmm. So the biggest obstacle for me is to overcome is to get on a platform. It's one thing just staying on YouTube and having paying for marketing, mm-hmm. paying for certain things. Like you, there's a whole coding aspect of YouTube that you have to crack. Mm-hmm. You have to know. And if you don't know, whoever's uploading your shit got to know. And if they don't know, you're going to keep on just, you know, having organic numbers. Mm-hmm. But it won't be that surfacing of some viral shit. Yeah, nothing Even like 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 views. Exactly. Right? Like, okay. that's that's how the organic shit pops like that for you take out a 30 or a 45 second clip. Like, you know, I've studied this shit. And so it's like I have a couple of interviews that are going to air before the season's out that I know like, okay. I know that's a viral moment because when this person was on Vlad TV, he didn't talk about this. He talked about it on here and he was very emotional. So, boom, I could click that mm-hmm. and drop that as, you know, a little clickbait. But it was authentic. I didn't go in there fishing for it. Yeah. It's something that he came. And that's something I'm big that's on. So, that's so important, bro. It has to be yes. organic. Like, I don't like when... You know, I do respect these people. Like, I do respect the Vlad TVs, the Adams, the academics because mm-hmm. they have the balls to ask these insane questions and get the answers. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's another way for people to organically tell you without asking you this so disrespectfully or mm-hmm. out of pocket. Like, you know, they ask questions where it's like, hey, the way you worded that, the way you built that up, bro, it was out of pocket. Mm-hmm. You see these confrontations with them too sometimes. It's like, Vlad, be, I feel like guys be telling themselves be in the same too. room, bro. Vlad literally hires a cameraman that comes a person to do the questions to communicate back and forth, record the audio with that person and do a FaceTime. He's in a whole nother place at his home. No shit. Yeah, bro. It's a whole different process. Damn. That's why, man, I did not know man, that. Man, shout out Shirley Jew. Uh, I interviewed her mm-hmm. and she's been blessed to be one of the people to hire and do the interviews. She's like an editor at Hip Hop DX and Variety Child magazine. DX, oh God, my website back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirley Jew, man, UCLA from the Bay Area. She fucked with me after a, a listening session at Capolo, and I had her on the show. And she, now she works for Vlog TV, doing the interviews and shit. Like, and that shit's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I w- how do you think? Oh, that was another question, but we'll save it for later. We're talking about three hundred episodes deep, right? One hundred and twelve deep. People don't realize we got it kind of. 113, yes, 113, sorry, 113, we out here grinding, STS podcast. You hear me? Um, the constant pressure of producing content, 
that's hard. I think that's like the biggest thing people understand. Like if you're not gonna be consistent with it, or at least drop a good amount in a good amount of time, you can, you're not gonna win this game. I think it's the content it has to keep coming. Like we had to do two interviews a week for the next thirty weeks. I look like because I'm like I have to kind of get ready for summertime, right? Or not maybe thirty weeks, twenty weeks. I want to do that. Like there's right. a constant need for content, and exactly. people don't understand that. Like sometimes, bro, I'll do four or five interviews in one day. I'll take a trip to LA and do three interviews. I'll go to the Bay and do three, four interviews. Like, mm-hmm. or we'll go to the Bay, shoot a video, and I'll line up an interview while we after we shoot a video. Mm-hmm. Like, I produce music videos and just grind it out. It'd be just me and Blue mm-hmm. out there doing hella videos. Mm-hmm. Last year we shot two hundred and fifty. All in, in Cali. Yeah, uh, no, we uh, ended up traveling to Miami, Atlanta. Beautiful. We went on tour. I'm sure uh, if I seen his work, bro, I'd have to see it. I know. Yeah, it, yeah, it, no, I'm no, sure yeah, yeah. No, we were blessed to go on tour with a Nigerian pop star mm-hmm. last year from into September to middle October, all around the United States, filming it. Mm-hmm. Like it was dope, bro. Like we, actually, shout out to Omale because in April when the Grammys air, he's uh, got an award coming, mm-hmm. a recognition award. Okay. And our work from the tour will be aired on the Grammys. Oh, man. And I'll be able to see my name on the bottom with, with CAC visuals with William McBride and created by Blue Patrick Haynes. Like, we're going to be able to see that because we put the work in. Like, bro, we thugged that motherfucker out for two, two and a half weeks. Oh, yeah. What were you traveling out over there? Like, bro, we was on planes to hotels. That's crazy. Ubers. They didn't give us rental cars. <laughs> and, bro, it's like, sometimes, bro, like, we had to walk. Ride the bus, be at the venue, because that very next day, we got to be in another city. Mm-hmm. The artists travel, like, one thing we're going to do differently is we're going to travel with the artists. I imagine that's I'm a not big traveling with just the, we just not traveling as the camera crew by ourselves our own way. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Wherever the artists going, we going with them. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. We rolling with y'all, too. We ain't getting our own whip. <laughs> but, like, at that point, it wasn't too... He's a Nigerian pop star. Bro, he just dropped a video with Justin Bieber, shot by uh, Colin Tilly. Like, come on. That's tight. Shout out Omelay. Like I said, bro, going crazy right now. I was asking him, what are your favorite interviewees? Like, your favorite interviews, I guess. Not interview. You're the interviewee, don't you? Inter- <laughs> What's your favorite interviews? Oh man, I get asked this sometimes because something I do at the end of my interview is I like to flip it on the guests and see if they have questions for me, and they'll mm-hmm. ask me that, and I'll be like, "Fuck!" It's like momentum wise, Bobby D was one of my favorite interviews because I was able to relate someone early, and they saw a talent in me during the time that not too many people were doing podcasts, and he gave me a shot, mm-hmm. and then he gave me a media job. And then I didn't really Blessings. understand the understanding. Like, that was a big moment for me. And that was from that interview. Man, Rhymefest. Like, you know, everyone watching the Jeezy. I mean, Jeezy. The genius. Lord. <laughs> genius. Uh, shout out, yay. Uh, his documentary. You see Rhymefest all on there because he was a big songwriter. A lot of people don't know he wrote, he wrote Jesus, Jesus Walks. Walks. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so, I got goosebumps watching the first part. Shout out to the second, third part. But that first part, college dropout. I'll never forget what was that when I first heard it. I was at the Boys and Girls Club. My guy Donuts, and he told me about this guy from Chicago. I was like, nah. I thought like I thought backpack rapper was a gangster. Like that's just I like Dre. So I like that West Coast shit, right? I mean, music has definitely transferred. Like yeah, and, that was like my, transformed. That was my first time listening to that type of music, dude. Like that Kanye vibe was something else, man. So when I hear when I seen um them working on Jesus Walks or uh, Spaceship or him playing. Who's that? 
damn. Like Cody in the building. Cody. Cody. She can. Time, time. They got some, got some dough for that. that I'm going to have an interview set up with them. And, but that's just that's working. And But Rhymefest was a huge. Bro, that was the first interview I did where he flipped it and interviewed me. Beautiful. For the people that go back and watch it. It's a crazy interview because now I have a two-time Grammy winner interviewing me, and it's my second season. Yeah, it's what you came up. It it made me more a little bit more fiery on my answers to make sure I'm on point. And it was just like he went into detail to understand who I was. Mm -hmm. That shit was dope. Uh, I interviewed uh, Fox Soul. uh, No, he is the founder of Fox Soul and like really reality TV for Mm -hmm. celebrities. Mm -hmm. James Dubos. That was a really big interview. Uh, I like I like the one I listened to the one Merge. That was man. Yeah. What's your favorite interviews? Shit. My favorite interviews. Good lord, dude. Um. Mars was dope. Mars was a great one. Bro went crazy and, and went into so much detail about him and, and his neighborhood and, and shit before the Super Bowl. He was opening up to you too, dude. He was letting you know. He was giving you some good game. I thought it was great. That's organic. I think organic is so important. We can't having conversations like we're doing on your on your podcast. It's not like dude, it's so important. How fat we how long did we come in before we started recording? Maybe five minutes and shot the shit. Talked about the DJ Quick, you know, concert. Yeah, I ain't yeah, talking about yeah, that yeah, in the yeah. podcast, yet. dude. That was cool. Just sounding like man, the, man, the fan shout of out, me. Shout out KK Seconds and uh, DJ Quick. I got. We gotta make sure, man. Fuck that. Fuck that. Okay, the Bakersfield <laughs> showed up. Showed out. And they, hey, they showed. I think we showed them love too. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was packing that place, dude. And Quick is like. He's Mount Westmore to me, or yeah, he's Mount Westmore to me. I went to film Mount Westmore show. And that's when I really got to kick it with quick and, and hang out with him and smoke with him and chop it up with mm-hmm. him. And that shit was, you know, a real moment of like. It's like, do you mean you're talking to David Blake? You're not really talking to quick. You know what I mean? Man, that's deep. I won't call him that. You don't, you know, some, some former game. Yeah. When they introduce themselves. Yeah. That's what you called it. Yeah, I just seen some like yeah, some crazy shit. But yeah, like that's a, like the man, like. But that is yeah. Shout, shout out DJ Quick. You got man. to get to, that's 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 crazy. But yeah, chopping it up with him, seeing you know the real inside of him, because I I'm real like deep to a certain degree, but I'm also from the street, so we could chop it up about anything. Mm-hmm. But he said something crazy, and I had said something crazy back, mm-hmm. and we started chopping, and and then we common denominator is KK. Shout second to none. Yeah, so man, what's popping? And then, oh, been blessed to film them a few times performing, and you know it's a it's a good job. How do you feel about doing that? Like, like is that like a? I'm sure it's a dream come true, right? Do you feel like, man, I worked hard for this, I deserve this type of stuff? I mean, I feel like opportunities are as rare as money on the ground. So every time you get to be able to pick up a camera or just honestly do what you love to do. You, you thank God for the opportunity and you, you, you cherish it. You make sure you do your job well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you keep on building. Mm-hmm. Like, relationships, is, I got this from J.P. Banks. Relationships is something that money cannot, you feel me, get you with, get you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, the relationships will get you in the door where normally those opportunities won't. Mm-hmm. Like The networking game, dude. It's the networking. I think that's, that's some things that people don't know how to do. What happened? You could talk. It's cool. Why? 
3323. Damn, I put that on the podcast. We're going live. We're going to go straight through. He said, damn, I'm going to have to change my phone. My, yeah, my, my player is going to know my code. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm going to have to change all that. But see, the iPhone 13, we talked about this issue. Like, I don't understand it sometimes. Like, you, you got it? Actually, you know what? Let me just do this first. We still love you out here. This is part of this. Fuck it, we're gonna do a lot. Yeah, this is part of this right here thing. When you do it though, you can slide Man, dude. I think this is real organic though. And uh, can you hear? God, I can't even hear myself. Hello, 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 hello. Cool. Sorry about that, Zai. No, it's all good. I think it's part. Of, that's um, we're learning this iPhone 13 game. We're trying to get the production, and it comes at the cost of trying to up the production. <laughs> yeah, but shit. as it, I've learned, bro, as much as you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to do it. <laughs> Especially when you we're trying to build our own brand. Who else is gonna build it for us, bro? Besides us, man. Shout out to my wife. I just got a yeah. Black Magic 6K uh, Pro, and it's my wife came through. Oh yeah. man. Man, shout out my wife. The, that yeah, I don't have a wife, but the girlfriends and the, and all that stuff and wives they make our life so much easier. Someone, I think someone having your back and supporting this crazy dream we have, right, is so vital. I think it's so important because Nipsey Hussle said it the best: "You'll go through every emotion." One hundred percent. Yeah, there's some there's some things that we definitely need to figure out with this damn thing. But I think that's just the game too we're in, you know what I mean? That's what happens when you're not, you don't record for about four or five weeks. And you just kind of just go into it. You get a momentum episode. What are we supposed to do? Slow down? No, I think we're having no. a great one, a great 112 and 113th episode back to back. You're going consistent, keeping it rolling. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to do. I think it's so important that we... Momentum. Yeah, we keep that momentum going too. Like, I don't want to ever stop, but... I, I think the constant, not the pressure, but it's like, okay, I put, we're going to put this pot out. What's the next one? It's always, which is a great mentality to have. It's on to the next one, on to the next one. But I think that people don't understand that's part of being a podcaster. Like, we got to come with the content. I was blessed in the second season to interview Jay White did it. And he produced Savage and Cardi B's I Like It Like It, Bodak Yellow. And his motto is more hits on the way. Mm. So, like, as I, I'm working for producers and JP Baines telling me the whole game and I'm, I'm able to apply it as an independent A&R and using that game, it was about placements, man. I'm trying to get placements and I interview him second season. I'm just starting that job really as an independent A&R. He's like, man, there's more hits on the way. No placements. I want hits. Yes. And so it puts the pressure of that aspect and it's like at the end of the day when you're creating, you don't want pressure. Mm-hmm. He's built that legacy where he has these hits, so his thing is that. So you can't put yourself in that category. So I'm not in that level yet. I've just been blessed to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But it puts the knowledge of, hey, you just got to keep on building no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then when you look back, you have that foundation and be like, hey, that's my. I built that. Mm-hmm. It's like building. No one a fence. else built it but me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, STS podcast, right? When you look at that, you know, you see EC3, you, you know, you see that brand. Mm-hmm. And as you continue to grow it, it's going to continue to organically grow, grassrooted. Mm-hmm. And you just got to keep on putting out content. 
think the challenge for me is like the DJing thing, right? We got the DJing thing and the merch but thing. That's that's networking though. Everywhere yeah. you DJ, it's mm-hmm. it's a you know that's a free opportunity having however many people in in that room mm-hmm. two times at least to to say your stuff, you know, organically. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to put it under one umbrella. I think it's I don't know. It for me that's been the biggest challenge. This whole you know entertainment company just. I got the DJing, I got the podcast, and I got the merch. Like, how do I get all three of these things working together to build it? And the DJ thing's great, but I feel like the podcast thing could still be so much bigger. It's like, I got to, I want to, I don't know, I just want them to be complement to each other, if that makes sense. It's like, that's my biggest struggle, I think. It's weird. So in Not what, a bad problem to have, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So in what I do, I do a lot of relationships build with publicists. Mm-hmm. and managers so that I get their clients and then they come on my show. Like, you know, I had to get it out the mud. Mm-hmm. And from doing that, I was blessed to have like a little bit of phone call relationship with certain people where I could have mentorship and ask certain questions. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to it, this one guy, he told me, uh, why am I forgetting his man? Uh, shout out Salas. But, out. uh, you know, Brian Salas, he told me that you got to put, you know, what, everything you're doing in one arena. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put everything in one arena and you think about an arena, you think about how it runs. Mm-hmm. You got concessions over here. You got vending over here. You got a game being played. That everyone's paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure that game's being played right, whether it's being filmed, whether, you know, you're a part of the game and how that role is being played. And you got to think about how much time you put to each part of that arena. Once you get that arena going then you can start opening it up and going to somewhere else. But you got to think about how to put all of those elements you have in the same arena so it all flows for you. Mm, that's a fucking great way to... Man, shout yeah. out Brian Salas. That's a great visual, too, because you're right. The concession stands are going. We got the game going. We got... Man. You got all those things like The beer's coming. You got the beer flowing. got the bars in the arena flowing. So and you, you have to have that ability to have that marketability and transfer the heat from each place and have that same organic experience all the way through mm-hmm. and then it keeps on coming through coming through coming through what do you think about like the promo part of your your brand contrast on like the promotion of it the marketing of it where, where do you come up with your ideas from originally bro my plan was to utilize the celebrity guests I get on my show mm-hmm. and use their use their platforms and as I've learned after they do the interview and it comes out a few weeks later, a month later, they don't have the same response to repost it. And so it's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. It is like, you know, it is what it is. I would think they would do it off top. Bro, when people are so busy, when you have a moment with someone, until they revisit that moment, they're not going to have that same feeling towards wanting to jump to it because they're so busy. Mm-hmm. Literally, people are busy as solar panels. Like, mm-hmm. I was telling you about my day just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, busy is a blessing, but how effective you are with your busyness is the real blessing that you mm-hmm. continue to evolve into, mm-hmm. you know, what you do to change your life. Mm-hmm. And so, when opportunities come, bro, like I said, there is money on the ground. You got to jump on them mm-hmm. and and play your role and, and keep on leveling up. Like, Definitely. Busy is a blessing, but it is a curse, too, because... Feel like you can't look back. You're right. They probably. They, it's, I'm sure they once they get going again, it's like, damn. Okay, after that. Like either. when I'm not busy, bro, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like I have a wife, I have two beautiful kids, and they're smart, do a lot of stuff, and they keep me going. 
But when they're at school and I'm at home and I ain't got nothing going on, that's just like, damn, I need to set up an interview. I need to get back on it. And it fuels me to keep on building because mm-hmm. I need to have more coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. This current season of Contrast Uncut, you have any surprises you want to let the guests know about? Or any ideas that are coming about? Or what should we be looking out for? Um, I have, let me see. Awesome to have you on, Zai. We've been, man, dude, how long has it been since we've been trying to get a damn podcast? Shout out to we got Aaron. Yes. My guy Aaron was on my ass, too, making sure, like, yo, you got to get Zai on. You yeah. got to get Zai on. He wants to be on. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Man, shout out my barber, Aaron. Aaron is the one person I know that will open his barbershop at 10 o'clock at night, knowing that I have my wedding the next day, and cut my hair, faded as hell, but had me on point, dancing and shit on the camera. Oh, he did that for you? Yeah, bro shout went you. crazy. I'm not even surprised he did that. That's my guy. Hell yeah. Aaron. All right. So... Oh, so I have a rare interview from Doughboy from uh, All Deaf Digital and Wildin' Out. I have a a very viral interview with Omar Gooding. Man, I have. How do you feel about do you like you know you do you hear yourself like Omar Gooding's a legend? Yeah, absolutely. Like, Baby that's boy. Tight. Like, I worked on it for like a crazy. year. <laughs> that's crazy. You just say like, yeah, I got an interview with Omar Gooding, like. What? Yes, sir. If Omar Gooding walked through this door now, man, we would have a party, dude. We wouldn't have an interview. We'd be like, damn, we can't believe it. You know, you're on the east side. It's tight. My last two episodes, I have CEO of Generation Now Lake Show, Layden Morrison. Uh, he's the guy that signed Jack Harlow, Little Uzi Vert. Okay, okay. And then I close out season five, episode 50 with PC, one of the founders of Pushes Inc. with YG, okay. Mustard. He did eight years in the feds. Fuck. Got out. And I got a, the first interview he's ever done. And I made it my season finale. And boy, we got to chop it up. Good episode. Great episode, I'm sure. But he made a season. Like, my season finales from other seasons, I had last season, I had Charlie Stetler, the guy that created uh, Fresh Fest, which ended up becoming Crush Groove, the movie. Mm-hmm. And he played a role in the movie. He founded the Fat Boys. Mm-hmm. Like, he played a big role in hip-hop in New York in the 70s, and he talked about the mafia. That shit was crazy. That's tight. That's tight. Season four, I had Marvin Gaye the third, Marvin Gaye's son. Season three, I had Freeway Rick Ross. Man, that's another name that's crazy to hear at the podcast. Shout Actually, to that Ross. was season two. Excuse me. Season three was uh, Marvin Gaye. Season four was... Uh, Charlie Steller in season five is PC. What's the biggest thing you learned from your first podcast to your last podcast? Your most recent podcast, Zai? Um, About yourself as an interviewer? Because this isn't easy either. I think a lot of people can't really talk on the microphone for a long period of time and keep that shit going. That's, that's a gift, I think. It's something. I think your phone just went off. Stop oh, recording. Is it yours? No. Nope. I thought I heard it a little bit. I wonder if there's a time limit on that. You may be running out of space. Damn. You might be right on that. You got to dump footage and take it completely off of there and put it on a hard drive. Right there. You need to do that ASAP. I wonder if that's the reason. You might be right, dog. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, thought, I, I thought I had... I thought I upgraded my... um My... um. What's it called? What the hell they have? Um, with the feds... No, it's not... A, the cloud... Yeah, no, it's, it's also about the, the cloud. But it starts off on the memory on your phone. Good God. Unless That's you got like 500 gigs, bro. <laughs> I thought I got like a um, TB. 
Oh, that's it. That's why I got, I got a terabyte. Oh, but if that's just your cloud. Okay. Then it's not the same as what's on your phone. It still has to go straight to your phone first. And so that takes the storage first. So you suggest a camera? <laughs> you ain't got no choice, bro. Damn. I like the way it looks too on the iPhone. It looks gorgeous. Oh, you know, the cameras do the same thing, but... It's just it costs. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> you said it costs a lot. Let me check my thing. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So um, your biggest thing you learned about yourself as an interviewer from episode one to your most recent episode? Really, to be prepared. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. That you know, I've seen where people weren't doing intros for guests the same way. And then I've interviewed a couple of people and then I see certain shows change and how they do their intros because that's my that's my break the ice moment. Like mm-hmm. I've learned how to get someone on the show and be able to open them up by the intro to let them know, hey, I've done my research. I respect you. These your accolades. And this is why I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. And then I go into, you know, what's a normal 24 hours for them. And then I break into a quote and then like I'm pretty spiritual when it comes to certain things. And certain quotes speak out to me and it relates to the guests and then boom, I have them. And then I dig in. Mm-hmm. And I learned that whole method by doing so many interviews and understanding, hey, this is where I have them. This is where the audience watches. This is when they stop watching. All right, well, how do I keep that and get them to the next level of watching analytics? Mm-hmm. And from there, I'm like, okay, this is why I cut it short. I used to have a whole bunch of other segments in the beginning. Yeah. And so from having all of that, you know, I've learned to be able to just keep on building on, on analytics and, and what makes people more comfortable. Because my thing is comfortable and confidence makes greatness. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a lot to think about. Um, I never thought about, hey, if I cut the signal short, maybe they're going to stay. I don't think so. That's the problem with my podcast. I don't... Numbers, you're right, though. They do matter. To me, but, I try to keep the numbers away from my vision because I just want to keep doing organic yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. But having a Uncle Snoop's Army, a Bobby D, I had sponsors, shout out Ethica, mm-hmm. shout out Bump Box, shout out Henry Mask. Having that communication with those brands, they want to see certain things. They want to see the numbers, right? Yeah. And, you know, honestly, you look at my show. Yes, I have celebrities. I have all of that. I don't have the greatest views. My biggest interview is Teddy Ray, and he doesn't do interviews, so that's why it has 4,000 views. Mm-hmm. Like, But I would put out a whole season. My biggest one has, like, 700 views. And I, my second, ep- my first episode was Nipsey Hussle's uh, writer of his first auto or his first biography. Second episode was uh, DJ EFN from Drink Champs. Yeah, I was that's seen that that's tight. Third episode, on top of the game right now. It's crazy. I got hit up by Oprah's network to interview uh, Dr. Spirit, talk to Spirit. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's out, bro. Oh man, how many, how many views did that one get? It's at 70 something, bro. It's bad. What? And Oprah's network contacted me to do the interview. What? Yes. Episode four, I had, uh, and it was the biggest episode so far this season. It was Mike Botticello, and he's the co-host of uh, of uh, Gilbert Arenas' uh, podcast, mm. No Chill Podcast. Okay, shout out to Gilbert Arenas, my guy. And so that's like staggering. So I'm like, okay. And then this year I had a new editor. I worked with local talent. They gave me a whole new look. I love it. I just... 
I haven't been able to crack the coding when it comes to uploading. Like, and now I'm talking to a distribution company so that they'll upload it for me and utilize the analytics of the people that's on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's something I was lacking. Like sometimes when you have all these good things going, you have to recognize what's not moving and find a way to get that thing moving. <laughs> that's so frustrating sometimes too. Like, damn, how the it hell, is what it is. How bro. do we get the needle moving? You know what I mean? Like the main thing, bro, with Nip is that he always said, you know, I use a lot of Nip because I I really fuck with his music and I fuck with his lifestyle of like how he progressed it and taught how to be positive with affirmations not just into you know his family but to everyone he touched mm-hmm. but at the same time he was gangster like came from the, came from where he came from mm-hmm. and you have to be able to you know be true to yourself and where you come from so that everyone can still see they can make it and have that authenticity to be themselves mm-hmm. and, and bro live your dream 100% keep that's why my motto is like the whole keep grinding that's real shit like no keep grinding those that's it. Like this tunnel don't have a light, but I promise you, if you just keep pushing, that light's gonna come out the end. And that's like, that's I'm a testament to that, dude. Like, I went, like I had a podcast with my homeboy, and that was great until you know, it's kind of like we need to come out with something this week. Okay, two weeks, but okay, we're going two months without pods. Let me just, cause I got this, all this stuff contained in my mind. I need it. this is my release. You know what I mean? So I'm like, let me just, I want to do my own pod. And doing a solo pod sucks, honestly, because it's like we don't have, we're in the car right now, bro. We're just on the car shooting the shit down the road. A solo pod just feels like you're in the car by yourself and you're just rolling like, okay, what do I talk about now? Keep it interesting. And it's, it's been you know, okay. But something I learned is that, because see, I I wanted to do something during COVID. I wanted to take over Bobby D's uh, Instagram page mm-hmm. and pretty much do my own little segment. And they were like, hey, the only way I'm going to let you do that is if you do your own thing. I love your character. I love your or your personality. You need to do your own thing. And I'm not big on trying to like talk about current topics and give my opinion to a certain degree because, you know, that's just not my place. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather that's not my lane. Mm-hmm. So when you're not comfortable to adapt and you keep on doing what you're doing and keep on finding your lane through what you're doing because at the end of the day these organic conversations is a gift to have with a guest and you have to be able to to keep on going like James Dubo said the greatest gift I have is sensibility being able to sense somebody and have the conversation have the dialogue Mm -hmm. and be able to keep it and progressively and, and now I've learned to get in get out Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, like, I think there's certain episodes, I'll go an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then certain episodes, I'll go 30 minutes. Like, because at the end of the day, I want to make sure it flows to what I got to get accomplished. But if they're going to give me more, uh, we're going we gonna to chop it up. Yeah, definitely. How would you describe yourself as a man, as an interviewer, bro? Like, of all that, how would you describe, like, your hustle, your grind to our audience? Uh, I mean, I'm a quick study, so like I like to do my research and and apply it. And I mean, my grind is is everlasting, bro. Like everything I've touched, I wanted to always aspire to either be the best or help the best. You know, become the best. Like mm-hmm. have a role. Like at the end of the day, if you recognize what your role is and it's to to take lead, 
you know, you got to take heed to where you can get knowledge and you got to keep on taking the lead and running. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, that's that's really like my grind is, is just it's everlasting, bro. Like I literally wake up yesterday was 14 hour day. The day before that was a 14 hour day. Day before that was a ten hour day, mm-hmm. and, and behind the camera, when did you start, you know, loving do, to do that part? That's how we met professionally, I think. Like seeing you at the quick and just seeing you work, I'm like, okay, let me. You're working. Let me just let him get his grind on. That's what I was thinking that night. And when did you find that love for the game, bro? So I started as a kid actor, okay. And then I yeah. acted in high school. I was a thespian. You know, at Foothill they had the thes- uh, the Shakespeare Festival. Shout out to the hill. Yep. And so. In my senior year, we were the first time ever in our school history we placed at the Shakespeare Festival. Mm. I did a King Henry the Six and or the Seven, whatever King Henry something. Yeah, shout out to King Henry. And yeah, uh, I did the uh, CSI version of it, and we took second place. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I became a thespian. I love acting, mm-hmm. and I fell out of it going to college. Fell in love with other shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fell in love with music. And then started doing other things and stopped going to school mm-hmm. and just really started pursuing music. And it, it was a crazy road. <laughs> Hip-hop's a crazy game, right? Boy, oh boy. Why hip-hop, bro? Why do you love hip-hop? I know I love hip-hop. I love hip-hop. Like, why like, hip-hop? One, where I come where I come from, like, I was, my family's wealthy. Like, I was born rich but grew up very poor because my father died when I was young. Sorry about that, my guy. No, it's all good. But it's what built me, allowed me to have this dual capability to understand the streets, relate to the streets, but have a a, a very sharp IQ and, and be very intelligent and have those conversations with, you know, very smart people and have that, that dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, I p- learned how to personal drive and confirm I could talk to attorneys and business owners and Mm-hmm. limo driving talking to federal judges like crazy shit bro like I had to be able to test myself mm-hmm. because I come from the streets but I was like I know I was born wealthy like mm-hmm. so to be able to be to just transfer that dialogue it's really helped me grow in what I do like uh, fell in love with the camera bro it came from being an actor and transferring I say all that to, to because all of that is because I, that's what I fell in love with in hip hop because I wanted to find my lane. Like, mm-hmm. I A&R so I could put songs together, but it just wasn't fast enough for me. And I I, I tried to shoot music, shoot music videos with Kev King. We traveled to Miami, worked with someone who had 3 million followers. Mm-hmm. Crazy shit. I got, that's how I got my Ethica deals because of him type thing. Like, because mm-hmm. I took pictures and mm-hmm. it built a relationship. And boom, uh, just was like, okay, it's a revolving element. It's the camera. Mm-hmm. It's the camera, okay? I need to do something about it. And then I started shooting music videos. And then my boy was like, hey, you're helping me. I'm going to help you. He was like, you're going to be a producer. Like, I was producing a a documentary and directing it for Second to None Mm -hmm. and using someone else's camera. And I was seeing, you know, my boy Keith be able to talk about everything with every guest that came on to my show because he shot my whole third season. Mm -hmm. And seeing everyone that came on the show be able to have a conversation about the lens, the camera, I was like, damn, I'm missing out on dialogue. I want to learn this shit. Yes. And then Keith connected me with Blue. Me and Blue already had like organic relationship. Mm-hmm. Being in Bakersfield, my wife teaches his kids. My wife, and his, you know, it's crazy shit. Beautiful, like, beautiful. Just organic stuff. Beautiful. And we finally started working together. I worked, I, I, worked, I PDA'd and drove to LA probably a hundred times where I paid for my own gas. 
where I worked for the whole day for free mm-hmm. and learned everything. Not many people are willing to do that, bro. Not anymore. And it's crazy. Yeah, dead ass. Well, people are like, not willing to do that. I was already doing it for my show for interviews, so I was like, "Well, how do I take my production value to the next level?" Mm-hmm. Blue's willing to help me. No one else is willing to help me. I'll give you some game two on the way, and and learn how to set up lights, learn how to operate the camera, understand how the directing goes more more into definition. He was like, "I'm gonna teach you how to be a producer of music videos." Hey, certain videos, I'm going to make you the producer. My first video I produced had One Take J and Joe uh, Maynard and Benny Sullivan. Okay, okay. I, I got to shout produce to, that. Shout out to Joe and Benny, dude. They had that two times with Foria. Or is it two? Foria, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that or was Foria, the 2X. I mean, is it two times, 2X? Shout out to y'all. That is, I play that Highland all the time during the dances. Like, that's a banger. People don't even know, like, Joe from the field. Like, bro, this is a banger from the field, my guy. So, yeah, that record, Blow It, I got to produce the music video. Oh, really? Okay. See, I know about that stuff. I did not know that was you, Zai. Yeah, that that's Credit tight, by tight, Blue tight, directed tight. it. Okay, okay. Cool, and, yeah, cool, he put cool. me in a position. So and then, sick. I mean, recently... Uh, I did uh, One Take J featuring Blueface, mm-hmm. uh, Her Bad. That okay. thing been going viral. Okay, okay. Hell yeah. Man, no, Blue. Big, big names, too, dude. Like, these ain't names all yeah. No, man. Bro, this is we West just Glass and Russ, bro. I got to yeah. travel to Atlanta, and I was just a PA. Mm-hmm. But working, grinding, Blue made sure I was on that flight. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. you know, there's certain things I built a relationship. Like, hey, I, I'm willing to go just as hard as you are, Blue. Mm-hmm. Let's go. No one else want to go. I want to go. Mm-hmm. It went from, like, Blue only used me for L.A. shoots to, like, hey, I want to do the Bakersfield shoots, too. Like, I fuck with Bakersfield. Yeah. Like, yeah. that shit ain't never going to change. Like, mm-hmm. I fuck with all the hoods. Like, mm-hmm. that shit don't bother me. Like, I, we ain't going to be disrespectful. We're going to be respectful. We're going to be on point. I'm going to respect you. Mm-hmm. We're going to chop it up. We're going to be able to talk about <laughs> something we can both build on. Yeah. And then you know we feel we gonna work. Like I don't care about the politics stuff until the stuff get into my family, my wife, my kids, my money. Yeah, you feel me? I'm out the way of all. That's none of my business. It's not business. It's not business. Or our business at least. That's not what we do shit for. Exactly. Love it. Love it. And so yeah, bro. That that's where the real passion came from. The camera is wanting to learn it, understand it, not just be in front of it, but understand how to be behind it. And then I've been blessed, bro. Like blue has put me where he was like, man, I want to help you get bigger and better artists on your show. Mm-hmm. I just don't want you to have Snoop Dogg to be your only thing to have you get stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't want you to always be DMing people. I want you to be able to meet people and have that relationship with a Russ manager, with a K-Camp manager, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Draco, with R.P. Draco. Sure, R.P. Draco, man. Dude, I mean... That's something that the game's having too much of. Some, too many R.I.P.s, bro. Man, bro, that's I interviewed crazy. Slim 400, bro, in season two, bro. Good God, dude. The same day I interviewed Bobby D, I interviewed Asia from Compton and the Princess of Compton. I interviewed Slim 400. True story. And that same day, he shot a video with uh, with Young Dolph. Let's see another too too many RPs, bro. Bro, that same day, crazy, bro, like man. dead ass, like I could, bro. We talk about it in the interview. If you go back and listen to it, <laughs> that is, it's sad, dude. That's but that's hip hop too. It's crazy how hip hop. Bro, I was the t- third person to interview Slam Four Hundred after he had got shot nine times. Oh, I'm talking about after No Jumper and Vlad. I was next. I had nothing behind me. All I had was just I had a relationship with his his manager and his publicist. And they got you. They got. They, they opened the door though for it. Come on, bro. You got to know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And that will help you, bro. Shout out Coach Mills, South High legend. <laughs> that motherfucker taught me yeah. at a young age. Learn how to talk to people. Yeah. I remember, well, dude, I don't have like anybody. I guess my uncles. My uncles always tell me, you look them in the eye 
and then you you, you look them in the eye, you have a conversation, don't put your head down, don't uh, don't talk over people. It's like my uncles were game. They were. That's how I learned respect. Shaking someone's hand, shaking everybody's hand in the room when you walk in, my guy. Like Bruh. you see at the quick. I was like, well, I guess I got, I want to shake everybody's hand up in here. Like, bro, I literally used to be eight, nine, ten, eleven in L.A. streets. Out all night, my parents repossessed cars. Mm-hmm. There'd be times I didn't want to ride with them, so I say, "Oh, I'm gonna go to my friend's house and spend the night." And you know, real traditional Mexican families and Armenian families, they don't let people sleep at their house overnight. No, they don't. You can come over, you can play, mm-hmm. clean up after yourself, and you gotta go. Mm-hmm. I'm in the streets till three, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing, you know, cholos and, and crips and blood selling dope and mm-hmm. drugs, and mm-hmm. they got to a point, man. I'm tired of seeing your ass out here. You either gonna work or I'm gonna send you home. And they would rather send me home because I'm like, man, so what do I get out of it? Mm-hmm. Like, I was, you know, not gamed up, but I had a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they was like, no, nah, he's too good, man. You need to go home. Mm-hmm. They'd put me in a cab. Mm-hmm. Send me home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm this eight, nine, ten out there three times a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like Keeping Friday, in. Saturday, Sunday, bro. Yeah, I'm out yeah. there. We out there at a movie theater, bro. Like me and my friends in our apartment building all switch clothes. Sometimes the shoes don't fit. Sometimes the shoe, the pants don't fit. It don't buckle. Mm-hmm. But we look fly. Mm-hmm. And we out there begging for change to get into the movie theater. Asking <laughs> gangsters for change. Asking, you know, like people in business suits and we getting it. We having enough money every Friday night. And then, like I said, bro, I was out there. Playing like, the seeds to learn how to talk to people. No, all, my whole life. All, all lanes of life. I think that it's so vital. We like, It's not even vital, dude. That's, that's an ingredient you need for this thing to keep going. Like, you can't just, we can't just look, stand here and be like, hey, what's up? Oh, we're doing good. Yeah. No, we got to engage the audience. We got to engage the conversation, have an organic conversation. It has to be, can't be dull. That's my biggest thing with all my with all these pods. Can't be boring, bro. Can't be boring. No, hundred percent. You have to be able to hundred percent to go mm-hmm. and make it where it's worth people's time. Because at the end of the day, you got truckers listening to your stuff that when they're riding, this is what they listen to for ten hours. Mm-hmm. They you have the content where it's like, damn, I want to know what they're gonna say to this. I want to know what they're gonna say to that. Mm-hmm. I want to know where this conversation gonna go. And it's you know our job to. To give that dialogue and that leadway, having the preparation. It's, it's crazy when people say, when are you going to drop another podcast? I need something to listen to when I'm on the road. Truckers, I'm like, well, that's crazy you said that. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'll drop one, I promise. But it's crazy when people anticipate it. That's what I want to do. I want people to anticipate. Like, I don't want to even announce who's going to be on the pod type of thing one day. I don't have to. They just watch. And it's like, damn. That but, bro, you got to look at the biggest names and realize that they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a point where you can't do the job of giving your audience every tool to have to know who's going to be on the show to watch and, and what, what type of topics or where where the conversation is going to go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that part, you know, it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, only person to ever drop an untitled album and billboard chart is Kendrick Lamar. And until we get a name like Kendrick Lamar, we got to keep on branding ourselves. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Shoot this shit was kind of like a wrestling thing. I'm a big wrestling guy. I don't know. Hey, wrestling figures in here. But a lot of wrestlers say we're just going down the road shooting the shit. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, I'm going to name my shit. Shoot the shit. And my favorite interview you asked, I didn't answer that. I think my favorite interview was honestly. Let me get some camera. Yeah. 
Fuck it. We are doing it live because at the end of the day. Hey, my favorite interview. Man. Dude, some, I had my uncle on here. I had um, my guy Dama was a good one. I had the, con- the councilman on here. Andre Gonzalez on here. That was a good one, too. My guy Vince had a good one. My favorite dude? Damn, I don't even know, Zai. Like, I know my favorite episodes are just me, like, after my uncle passed away. Kind of like a, a, mem- a re- you know, a memorandum or a memoriam, I should say. It just re- celebration was life. Um, shit, dude, probably my first one, honestly. My favorite one, my most, that's the one I could really think of. Had, that was a state championship run we had with Foothill in 2019. Wow. I was on that staff too. I had three of our guys come on and say, hey, this is my first episode. We're going to just drop a podcast tomorrow. Fuck it. And that was that was memorable, dude. I was scared. Like, how am I might be able to do this without my guy? Like, you know, you're so used to your co-host. And it's like, damn, I don't want to succeed without him either. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, this is my guy. He taught me. We taught each other how to podcast, how to format, how to write our show. Like, Damn, and I wanted to be my my challenge was, okay, off the fly was awesome. How do I make shooting the shit the STS podcast, I'm one thousand percent different than off the fly, and that's kind of why I want the organic approach. What we see now, just go straight to the conversation, no segments, no nothing, bro. Once in a while, I have, you know, a, a word game, but sometimes I don't. I just don't know. It just depends on how I'm feeling, you know. So I'm just trying to keep it um organic as I can, dude, and. Hopefully, and I appreciate you come like reaching out to me, dude. That means a lot too. Like, oh, yeah. you don't have to come on, and you you wanted to come on, and that means so much, dude. But at the same time, I feel like it's important that Bakersfield has a little bit of a dialogue of my story, no matter where I go. Because, mm-hmm. like, as much as I work and I work hella hard for what I have, I want people to know that hey, I did. I was coming from Bakersfield to L.A. I was, dude, I swear I was saying, you're not, they're not coming to Bakersfield to shoot the videos. You're going up and down the coast, putting the miles in. That's a, and staying away from the family. And I see your anniversary is coming up pretty soon. I see that in the book yesterday. Like, your fan, I guess I know you're a family man. I can just hear how much you, you know you love your family. Come on, bro. To I, got be a, my, bro I got my wife and kids. Dude, to, on my arm, to be away from them. 14 hours of going up and down this coast, that's a grind that's not easy, dude, especially as a father. Yeah, but and, it's like I want more. Like, I grew up where I was real poor, bro. Like, we had to get it out the mud. Everything that was nice was either it came from, a you know, another way that we ain't going to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and you feel me? And, and other than that, we, we struggled. Like, you know, food stamp days, wearing the same clothes three, four times, going to school. And mm-hmm. it was a bright yellow shirt. Like, <laughs> you know, it's vivid, vivid memories of growing up that I don't want people to forget. Like, hey, this is where I come from. So if I have a chance to talk about it here, then then I'm going to mm-hmm. because I want that that history to always go. Like, hey, it's Bakersfield and I was fucking with Bakersfield. That's never going to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, my first season, my all my people I interviewed was favorites from Bakersfield. Okay. Like, yeah. I, my first interview that really I had to do by myself was Cedric Crawford, a motivational speaker. Okay. And. It went off again. Fuck. Just fuck it. Just do the audio. You're doing the audio. Fuck it. Because, yeah. I could do that, too, though. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I could. If you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was my first interview, brother, I had to do on my own, and it was for two hours. I thought I couldn't do it. I almost canceled. I blew up my co-host, like, hey, 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 Mm -hmm. no answer, no answer, no answer. I literally took my co-host to an award show with me. 
And right after that, he flaked on me. I'm thinking we about to build and get all type of stuff popping. And it didn't go that way. I get it out the mud. Like, Again, start over. Yeah, like, but that moment that I had with Cedric Crawford, a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. to be able to get him to open that dialogue and really talk to me, it allowed me to know that, hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And kept me going. Mm-hmm. And shit, I interviewed Blue, bro, my first season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and he don't do interviews. Like, bro, I think that's something else that I've been blessed to do is have interviews with people that don't do interviews. They trust me to know that, hey, I'm going to be fair. Mm-hmm. And that's where... Your platform's the same way. That's why I fuck with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 good to have a fresh voice that hasn't been has has had an interview everywhere everywhere you look. You know what I mean? Thank you, bro. I think it's important to kind of have that. Um, hey, this is who I have a relationship with. Now we're gonna bless you guys with some game. We're gonna show you guys you know what our relationship is, and that's how I look at the guests who don't do interviews and like they're especially podcasts. Do like BHS coach, the head coach there. Never, he's never done a podcast ever. I need to get him on. Bert is that his name? The, the the basketball coach from BHS. The women's coach? Or, I mean, women's girls oh, coach no. or uh, boys? No, uh, she's cool. He's a dog, man. That guy is working hard, Bro, uh, hard. I, I, man, I don't want to say too much because my nephew is Jasir Mackey. Okay, okay. And he, he's a raw at thirteen. Bro, he's an all uh, all American. Like he played an all American game. In uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, yeah. bought out. They won All American champion. Yeah, my nephew go crazy. Yeah. Like at the the under the radar contest, he's won them. Mm-hmm. He's taken second place in L.A. Mm-hmm. Went on his birthday at that his 13th birthday. He battled it out on the under the radar okay. battle of the uh, the the lineman edition. Beautiful. Like he took second place. Oh, he's, he's a big boy then. He's. 5'10", 225, running back, middle linebacker, defensive end. Like, boy, he go crazy, bro. I'm so proud of him. But, yeah, he's the – I want to say he's the – Tybo is a real gifted player. But he's the fullback that likes that hole up for Tybo to be able to have that space. Mm -hmm. And when he touches the ball, he bursts them holes. He's a beast mode. Old school football. But we got him training with some really good people, taking him to L.A. so that he can be more elusive. Mm -hmm. And because his closing speed go crazy. Mm -hmm. Now we turn beast mode into elusive elusive beast mode. Mm -hmm. We have a hybrid, and Mm -hmm. we haven't really seen that. Yes, especially in the field. Is he in the field? Yeah, Baker's so high. He's Rashawn Sheehy, sophomore year, Uh, bro. Oh, I thought he was coming up. Like, he's going to be there next. That's why I thought you said, oh, well, no, no, I don't want to burst no. into the, like, you know, this freshman coming through. Here he comes. No. He's a sophomore. He's ready in the game. He already played his whole sophomore oh, season. Damn. Okay, see, I'm not the biggest football guy. I'm a basketball guy. That's tight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, shout I got his highlights guy. on my phone. I'll show you, bro. Like, you got to tell yeah. my guy, listen to this where you can hear a shout out because the kids love the shout outs, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> my nephew, <laughs> hey, my family, bro, I ain't going to lie. Mm-hmm. I literally had, uh, 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 you know, uh, Trap Beckham, you know, the birthday chick. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. interviewing him. And it's on my nephew's birthday, literally his birthday. I call my nephew on FaceTime and put him on FaceTime. And he sings, hey, one time for the birthday kid, two times for the birthday kid. Never forget that. Bro, I've had his favorite rappers call on his birthday a few times, (laughs) bro. Like, I've had Capolo call, 72 T-Mac call. Like, I've had my other nephew, Skylar Mika, uh, Corday. My son met Monte J. 
Like Sick. he's been on set, bro. Like, bro, it's it's been a real blessing to be do, able to do these cool things for him. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's blessings of the grind. Cause, bro, I produce music videos. I independent A and R. I do my podcast. Mm-hmm. I produce it, and then on top of that, bro, I, whatever else I can do with the camera, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. How long do you take to get your podcast done? What you're done with them? Cause me, it takes like take three days. How fast is your rollover? I guess. You could say. I send it to the editor. Not mess with the camera no more, though. Yeah, it keeps on cutting off. Gonna, hey, well, shout out your brother, man. He keep on coming in and checking yeah, in. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a producer of the SJS podcast. What's up? Shout out to the virus. What's your name again? Zylo. Zylo. My apologies. Um, no, what we'll do is we have the first hour in the in the in there anyway. And Instagram, at least where I posted that, it's only the first hour anyway. And then... I guess we'll, we'll put it on YouTube. We'll just put the last with a little picture or something. That'll be dope. Yeah, so I said to an editor, bro, it takes time. Bro, that's something I, like, my, my first season, I was getting five episodes a week. Shout out Kev King. Kev mm-hmm. King has been a motor, host, motor, motor horse behind my show. Like, Local legend. Yeah, man. Shout out Kev King. Because yeah. he really was the person to keep on editing my show. I gave him, like, I literally bought a computer and was like, here. Here's the computer. Mm-hmm. Edit the show for me. Mm-hmm. We got a camera. We'll shoot videos. We'll make money. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll figure it out. And then, like, you know, shit didn't go all the way to plan, but he kept on editing. He was handled the business. And shit, he kept my show alive, bro. And then I had another, able to have Keith come on and film for me. And he used Black Magic, gave me another level to my show. Mm-hmm. And then Blue came in and said, hey, you need two cameras. You need three cameras. And then, hey, you need to get a camera. And then now we all got black magics, and now we can run four or five cameras in an interview. And and you said you could self-edit with the button, right? Yeah, you can self-produce it and edit while you're going. That's tight. I never knew that existed, bro. Hell yeah. It's uh, ATEM, A-T-E-M, black magic. Uh, you can get the four channel or the eight channel. Four channel is like three, four hundred dollars. The eight channel costs like twelve hundred. Mm. But yeah. So every time you press that button, it's like a cut in your... Yeah, or it goes to the other camera. Oh shit! So so if you had three cameras, one, two, yes. three. This one's on me. This <laughs> one's on us. This one's on you. So we're talking back and forth right now. It would be just on this one that mm-hmm. shows the established shot. Uh-huh. And then if I'm just talking, it would punch just on me. Press one. Boom. Three. Press two. Camera two for both of us, and then camera three to punch Before in on me. you. That's tight. That's something and then you keep the thing. audio separate. Have it as a, to the SD card, mm-hmm. and then. Upload them both and then mm-hmm. that's beautiful when you do that. I just Bro, started doing cameras. So, a podcast for Chenadu Yanaka, Carl Tart. Chenadu is a actor. He's gonna be in the new House Party movie. He's been in other movies on Showtime. He produces TV shows. He's a famous comedian. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who lived across the hall from me in college. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And okay. called me one day, like literally the day after Brian Salas gave me that conversation about the arenas. Mm-hmm. The very next day, Chenadu calls me. and was like, hey, I need you to produce my podcast. And he has another podcast that's charting on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hell yeah. And it's with Carl Tart. Carl Tart's on Grand Crew on NBC. Okay. He's Sherm. Okay. Never <laughs> seen it, but I know, I know I'm familiar with this and I watched it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. I produced that podcast and I mean, hit up to help on other podcasts. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's been really cool, bro. Like, but once again, like, it's all about whatever I can do to get back. I do an event called Keeping the Streets Warm with Zakari. Mm-hmm. You know, TDE's TDE, on. TDE, straight from the, well, from the yeah, field. From the field. Yeah, Beckham's definitely. Field. Hell yeah. I and love that joint on Black Panther, dude. Oh, go Redemption. Bro. Joint. Just 
last week, bro, I'll be so lost in my days. I apologize. But last week, I was on set to for Blasting Zakari's video shoot. Mm, what's that new, that new song called? Just tell me. Something. It uh, it's just freaking. Sometimes. Sometimes. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that beat was hard, dude. That beat was hard. Yeah, Zakari did his thing. Blast did his tell thing. Bro, I heard this shit back in April when we were doing the Rust video. Yeah. And I, when I heard Blast playing the song at his Airbnb, like, uh, I called Zakari. He didn't answer. So I put the phone next to the speaker. And then I sent him a picture of the screen because the screen had all the songs on there. Yeah. And it just it showed the two songs as a car. I was like, bro, that's hard, bro. Yeah. You didn't tell me you had songs with Blast? <laughs> I work with Blast. Like, well, shout out Blue. I can't work with Blue, with Blast without Blue. So, yeah. but, but that shit crazy. Sakari got some stuff too, man. What's the man? He had a single he just dropped a while back. Bro, he got a song called Homesick I Love, bro. That's about Bakersfield and being gone from home and chasing your dream. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's with uh, DJ Skrillex, mm-hmm. like, legend. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, crazy, the song yeah. with, did you know that he told me the Kendrick Lamar song, Love, was originally his song? I believe that. You can hear him all over it. And Kendrick Lamar was missing that from his album and took it and put Kendrick, and then put Zakari as a feature and writing credit. And, you know, that changed his life. And then Black Panther, and then he signed a TDE. Mm-hmm. That, that first single he dropped with T was my shit. I forgot what it's called. That is crazy, dude. Love is definitely a Sakari track. If you, if you think about it, you could tell. I love that joint. Yeah. That's my boy's cousin. That's cool. We, Real we feel so. keeping the streets warm together where we take blankets and we take jackets and, and hoodies and, and pass them out to the homeless people at MLK Park. Mm, that's a nice dude. That's, we, need to do, we need that. I need to get better at that, too, honestly. That's beautiful. That's fun. So yeah, that that's basically what encompasses what I do. Like, and that shit takes all. We do content. We film for studios. Like mm-hmm. behind the behind the scenes, we did behind the scenes for a TV show. Like it's just whatever the phone call ring and and it makes sense. We do. That's and it's, the grind is like. The life and like it's the, levels, bro. Yeah, the dude, next this, level, yes, the next yes. level to like go from independent to working for a label to go from producing like ten thousand stuff to getting with a production company and doing twenty five thousand quarter million dollar jobs. Mm-hmm. Really changing, you know, your finances. Like right now, we're still getting it out the mud. Like we don't have money like that. Mm-hmm. Like the perception can be we're around all these people. But reality is we still are, we're paid bare minimum because we're the guys that are, you know, we're going we gonna to fuck with them. You want, you want a role. You're going to yeah. do whatever it takes to get a role. You want a role. And yeah, like just we like you work said, with what it takes. Like, just like you said um, in the beginning, you you wanted to go everywhere. You didn't even get paid. You just wanted to go. You wanted to roll. You I wanted, wanted to pay to the dues. I wanted to learn. I wanted, in my eyes, I saw that I was going to film school. Yeah. Like, yes. honest to God, I saw that was, hey, it's my opportunity to learn film school. And then I'm with some of the biggest DPs, the director of photography, the guy that operates the cameras. Most people don't even know what the hell's going on with that stuff. Bro, the steady cam operators. Like, my son was blessed to go on a commercial and it aired on opening kickoff weekend with Alicia Keys. And when they were filming it, I'm fucking blown, mind blown. Like, what's this? What's that? I'm asking the steady cam operator. And it's funny. I won't tell anybody this, but I'll tell you. <laughs> Hell yeah. I asked the steady cam operator, hey, how much does that weigh, man? 
Like, does that hurt? Like, and the guy laughed at me, not knowing this is the biggest fucking director of photography in the game. His name's X. Mm-hmm. And he works for Hype Williams going back. Like, legendary. It's a legendary people that did this commercial, and I didn't know. And I'm chopping it up with everyone. I put honey in my coffee because the producer said he puts honey in his coffee. And then I tried it, bro, and I've been hooked ever since. I don't even know the guy's name. I know he produced the commercial. Like, just, bro, it was crazy, bro. Fucking crazy. And then my, my son got to connect with Alicia Keys and like icon, bro, mind boggling. Then the very next day was the Grammys and we lost Kobe Bryant. Like just crazy shit, bro. Like that it, was the craziest stuff ever. And Alicia can't. Keys kept us the most comfort during the Grammys after we lost Kobe. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, bro, we were just with her. Like mm-hmm. my son created that opportunity. And then that same commercial aired on the Super Bowl year after year. Seeing my son on the Super Bowl commercial, mm-hmm. like and. All of those moments like prepared me to desire more. Like honestly, I quit working at Rusty's, and when I quit working there, but I got into it with the owner and the employee that worked there. Mm-hmm. And I had some people from from a neighborhood that didn't like me because I kicked them out. They got drunk and tried to talk to my employees like they were crazy and tried to hit on the girls and inappropriately. Mm-hmm. And I was a manager. Like, you gotta do that. I ain't, I ain't gonna hold it, man. You gotta get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to try and jump me and some more shit. So I was a plan. I was coming to work with a gun. Mm-hmm. Like, boy, you ain't finna catch me slipping. Like, mm-hmm. hell no. Mm-hmm. And that whole mindset of it was taking me away from my family as soon as this shit happens. Mm-hmm. And all of that. And then I got into it with a driver and then I got into it with the owner. I said, fuck it. I'm quitting. <clears throat> Called my wife and asked her if it was okay. She said, yeah, we're going to make it work. I tried to get in real estate and then literally, bruh, God works in mysterious ways. I get a text message to say, hey, you're going to the BET Awards. And I went to the BET Awards. I saw my friend and next thing I know, I'm going to the BET Awards after party. I'm in there with all the celebrities and I'm just like, it comes to a point where I couldn't process who was who. It, it was so overload of how many people I was seeing. Mm-hmm. I have video clips of like, oh shit, that's O3 Greedo. I didn't know that was O3 Greedo. Oh, I didn't know that was Jeremiah. I didn't know that was, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And so it just was like, fuck. And then it happens again. I get invited to another award show. The, uh, uh, what should we call it? Uh, the Bounce TV Trumpet Awards. Mm-hmm. Then I get God works in mysterious ways. Like I'm trying to tell you, I'm walking towards. Uh, at the end of the show, I walk towards uh, Diamond. What's her name? Uh, from from Players Club, Diamond. Oh yeah, oh, I think I was going to say from Crime Mob. No, no, <laughs> Diamond from Players Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I cannot yeah. think of her real that name. That was one of the first man. She, uh, was, she was hot in that movie, dude. She was beautiful. So I see it. Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray. Lisa yeah, Ray McCoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I see Lisa Ray, and I'm like, bro, I got to get a picture with her. If they finna kick me out, they finna kick me out. I'm gonna get a picture <laughs> with her. As I'm walking towards her, I get over my aisle, one over aisle, and I look down. It's a fucking pass, like with a lanyard. And it's a VIP pass for executive for production. Yeah. Put it on my neck, bruh. I take a picture. No, I take a picture with her and then I put it on my neck and then I walk around. Now I got my way to get into the after party. Go to the after party, take pictures with hella people, bruh. <laughs> and then, bruh, I go to another fucking award show, the NAACP Awards. Seen that I too? go to the after party again, bruh. Like I sit next to. Uh, What's the name of that show? Uh, uh, Grownish. 
And the, one of the girls from Hallie and Chloe, they left their mm-hmm. their envelope on the floor. Mm-hmm. I kicked that motherfucker, <laughs> slid it to me, put it in my jacket, bro. Like, man, my driving job, I got blessed with a really expensive jacket. So it made me look like I had money. <laughs> And so I wore that motherfucker and they, you know, I played the role and bro, I'm at the after party at the NAACP awards and taking pictures with all the celebrities again, like going crazy. I got pillows and shit from the, from the award show, from being backstage. <laughs> the and universe provided by G you, you really, that's great. Fine, man. But time I, is a crazy thing. It's fucking weird, dude. Bro, it was just so much that was just like, okay, I have to, I have to do this no matter what. I don't, whatever it takes. Like the marathon continues. Mm-hmm. I need it. Whatever, go, I'm gonna go through every emotion. I need to keep going, keep going, no matter what. My wife's been holding it down financially. Yes. Like, yes, yes. Life has been that crazy where she has to hold it down, mm-hmm. and we've been still keeping it going. Opportunities still popping, and that's that's the whole point of why you keep going. And you gotta hop on them, dude. I think you, you, you do the like you said, do the best. You do you do your job. I think that all the time, man. Just do your job. Especially when I'm like DJing. It's like, do your job. I think that's what life is. Like, you're, like what you're saying. Audience? It's like, there's, you, you gotta stay hungry because we're not even where we want to be at yet. You're not where you want to be at yet. Bro, for so long when I worked at Rusty's, I'm managing my brother's career. He has a deal with, with uh, Universal and Grooves. Mm-hmm. We got a distribution deal with them. At this point, that's the hardest thing to get. Mm-hmm. We got it. Mm-hmm. We're going on independent tours. We're doing dope shit. And we get a deal with Empire. Like, one of the first people at that time to get deals in Empire. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we're still working at Rusty's. I'm managing, so I'm controlling the schedule. <laughs> yeah. He's on my schedule. So, like, we're, you know, I'm manipulating this so that mm-hmm. we can be able to live our dream. Mm-hmm. Getting off early to go to the shows. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I wasn't seeing myself in the mirror. It's like, damn, I, I could feel it, but I'm not seeing it. And as the closer I keep on been doing what I've been doing, I see more of myself in the mirror. There you go. Yeah. And then things that I've been wanting to accomplish, I can start seeing some of the things. Like, hey, it feels like deja vu. I've been here. Do you feel like you have the ability to will things? I think if we... It's manifesting. Manifest. Is that beautiful word? I was about to say manifesting. That's a real... I think that's a real thing. It's a real, if but, you see it, you can make it happen. There's nothing stopping us from... Brother, it's prayer. Number one, there's prayer. Mm-hmm. You give all glory to God. You pray for things. Number two, Jesus wept. Understand that whole analogy. Number two, when you manifest things, you're speaking it more into existence. You're writing it down. You're seeing it. Visualizing it. Bruh, I wrote down on a list on my wall all these different names of people in my hallway. Mm-hmm. I bought a board, wrote it down. And it's stuck on the wall so bad, I could take my finger and none of the damn uh, uh, erasable ink will come off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's names on there. E-40, DJ Quick, Snoop Dogg. People that I wanted to see too short. I wanted to meet. And I wanted to interview or have an interaction. Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I saw that every single day my kids saw it. My nephew, my sister saw it. Mm-hmm. Everyone seen it that lived in my household because that was that. Hey, you guys want to see me get something? I want to get it as a kid. Everything I wanted, I worked for it. I got it, mm-hmm. and I wasn't gonna stop. I had that hunger as a kid again. Mm-hmm. 
Like I was homeless in high school getting straight A's. That is a kid like hunger. Like I wanted it and Mm -hmm. I got it, bro. But it's like, okay, how do you take that to the next level? And that's what I've been on. That's the biggest fucking question I always have. You knocked it on the, right down the head. Well, how do we take this to the next level? That's and, always and been I learned it. Is is distribution? Is <laughs> is yes, podcasting? Yes, hundred percent distribution. It's, but no, but it's also having distribution of the video, having oh, yes. accessibility yes. to your product, yes. taking your market and being able to have the market reach like a DSP. Mm-hmm. Same way for artists. When you take that and make your video that same access point you have a greater ability to have more people come back to you. Like in the music game, I learned that every fan should have something worth uh, $200 to invest into you. If you have $200 and 50 fans, what do you have? 10 G's? Yes, sir. Yes, you do. Now you take that same market plan and you grow it six months or a year. So now I got $200 worth of stuff for 50 people. Now I'm trying to go. I got 50 people. Now I'm trying to go to 100. Now we got 20 bands for the year from just this pile. Let's take a drug, you know, drug selling mentality. Mm -hmm. Hey, this pile brought me this. Let me re-up in the same field. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you re-up on? You re-up on on production. You re-up on, hey, you know, I could interview a Michael Blackson for $500. I'm going to pay for it. I've never paid for an interview, by the way. No, 100%. But, hey, I got $500. I could ask Jason Lee for an interview because they said, hey, come at me with a dollar. Mm-hmm. If I get Jason Lee, bro, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Unlocked. Shout out my wife. She put me on the show. But that guy's a game changer. Mm-hmm. He's with Yay Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Like, he's getting content that's, that's changing the way we see things. Mm-hmm. The access he has. Once again, accessibility. Where does accessibility get him? Audience. Mm-hmm. So, and his uh, his accessibility and audience is everywhere. Everywhere picks up his content. And he makes it transparent for all of us to see it for the game. Mm-hmm. That right there is, is what we should be seeing recipes of. And he gives us the recipe. Mm-hmm. You can't look at him no other way as, man, that's a real motherfucker that's giving game. Accessibility. That's so important. Come on, bro. If they can't get to you, they, they can't don't know you. how, they don't, then, you talk, boom. What about when you're talking about, you know, like YouTube, you got to crack that code. What code are you talking about, bro? It's a coding code where the way you upload, the way you hashtags, the way you uh, hmm. make your, your, uh, your, what you call it, your titles. Hmm. Like, to a degree, you have to clickbait certain things. And you don't want to clickbait it, but you have to realize that what happened in this conversation, you have to put it there. You may want that as a surprise, but the reality is you have to let them know. You can't be around the bush about what happens in an interview. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Because what are you doing to your audience? You're hoping that they keep on going into it until you break that shit down. There's a podcast in Bakersfield I've been on. It's called Trucker's Mind Podcast. Shout out to them. Hell yeah. Eddie. Yep, yeah, and, and yeah. Keith. Keith Fingers is the guy that helped me. Okay, shout out to Keith. And yeah, so, yeah. boom. Uh, they make sure that they have bullet points of every topic they talk about and when does it transition? Because, hey, I don't want to listen to you talk about uh, Hillary Clinton. I can't wait till he talks about Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I don't want to listen to him talk about uh, Dr. Dre's wife. Hey, I'm going to listen to him talk about motherfucking... Something that happened. The gas on the prices. Road. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, a, he's truck and he's a trucking. Like, yeah, 
Gas prices are a thing right now. I would he's I want to hear his opinion on that one hundred percent. It's I am legend in LA, bro. I hate getting gas in LA. I fill up in Bakersfield with the hope and desire I don't drive around too much so I can get back and get gas where it's still four ninety nine instead of five sixty eight. It is what is Bruh, it? It's this price of weed, shit. Man, dude, it's I never seen it this high, and I don't. I but that whip I just got, I can't just pump on this regular. You know, I gotta get. Bruh, the you spending six dollars? I know it's like five seventy eight. Like two nights ago, it was like five seventy eight. No way. Bro, it's it devastating. Crazy. Bro, I'm on. The, I go to LA six, five, six days a week. Literally, Literally. I put miles, and it's getting Bruh, more expensive wife, to drive. Man, like I said, my wife, her car. She bought a new one. 10,000 miles. I have 90,000 miles on it in a year and a half. Shout out Mario Salas. Rest in peace. He helped me get that car. Shout out. And, you know, Brett, she believes into what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, her actions always lead to, hey, I believe in you. You got to not, you can't stop going. Sometimes supporting you 1000%. You know, it's it's Uh, no, I mean, it's not a thousand percent, it's real life. I mean, bro, it's hard when your husband's gone, you're away from the kids. Hey, she needs help, and when I can't be there, she has to hold it down for both of us, and that's a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, shout out every single single parent because without the second person, that second person does every little other detail. Mm -hmm. The partnership, come on, 100% partnership. And that's, that's, you know, my real foundation to my success is because I have such a strong partner and I have my kids' as motivation, straight-A kids. Like, how can I not give them the world when I get the world? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm working for. Like, every opportunity is like, hey, how do I make this better? Like, there's times, bro, there's big people that are huge in the music game owe us money. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, damn, they say they're not going to pay. It's like, fuck. Call attorneys, call people. Damn, it's not big enough money for us to do something about it. It's just like, damn, we just got to take That's a loss to us. A few thousand hurts us. Doesn't hurt them. Doesn't doesn't even scratch the surface. But because they say they're not going to do it, it's like, damn, I could tell. Shit. You could, I mean, I've told people, man, like that know them. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, like I don't been mad. You get me? Like, Money's money, bro. Feel, like, bro it's it's away from it. my family. Like, yeah, bro, yeah. I couldn't help pay with the bills in a certain way this way. Yeah. Like, bro, that shit hurts as a man. Like, and I'm giving all my work. I'm driving to Santa Barbara. I'm driving to these locations to Malibu to go get, and we're driving to the studios. Like. And I I can't say the names type shit, but but the work's done. You haven't been paid for that work. I have the fucking shit on my phone. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And then like, like it's just is it's so it's the game, bro. Like Issa Rae say the music game is the most horrible game to get into, but it's the most beautiful game to be a part of. And Mm -hmm. to digest that same sentence is understand, like, how do you play the game and who to fuck with and who not to fuck with? And sometimes you got to go through something to learn the game. Like, hey, we're not doing anything else without paperwork, no matter how big the name is. Uh Has to be on paper. Like the working for free days are gone, bro. We need all that. Every dollar counts. Bro, this look at the resume. And, but then it's like, okay, well, how do you keep on leveling up the resume? You go to bigger companies and, and work with them. That happen often, Zai? Like, bro, it's a cold-hearted game out there, bro. Oh, 
Like, there's just certain things I cannot talk about. No, but, 100%. <laughs> but no, I'm just... But, like, at the end of the day, it's it's just a cold-hearted game, and you have to realize that every experience you have, whether you get credit or not, you have to take that as, like, that was my experience I had. Mm-hmm. How do you utilize that? How do you talk about it? How do you be able to build that on the next time you're on the set? Like, I've been blessed to do 250 videos with Blue. And then there's been times where he's introduced me to other directors, other DPs, and I get phone calls and run lights on those sets mm-hmm. or come AD of this or come 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 PA on a baby video. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's dope opportunities that I'm not going to say no to because at the end of the day, I can't lower my standard on my growth until there's a threshold saying that, hey, bro, you wilding for trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And until that day comes, I'm still going. Yeah, no matter what. Exactly. Like happen. I'm it's still like I'm still gonna help everybody. Even if I'm like when I ran Rusty's browser person still sweeping and mopping and helping people close and helping people open. Putting the work in. Every time, bro, taking the trash out. Like, bro, there was a time at Rusty's bro, I literally was yelling at Alan's brother Gary because he was dumping his trash from his house in our damn trash can. <laughs> I opened the back door, bro, and snap on Gary. <laughs> Bro, he owns a, a mechanic spot around the corner from here on Oswell <laughs> in uh, uh, in oh, fucking Brundage. Oh, man. Williams Walden, man. <laughs> yelled at that motherfucker. He got so scared, bro. He called his brother and dad like, hey, the manager there was tripping. I didn't even want to throw my trash away. But, bro, he's throwing shit at my... I don't know who you are like that. Yeah. Like, and then he had to introduce himself, but... <laughs> that does just, it just happen. Shit, it is what it is. <laughs> Damn, Zai, so I understand, dude. I'm sure, like, um, not many people have worked at Rusty's, right? Like, I know because like, I was out there being the manager there is tough, it's rough. There's a lot of pressure. Bruh, I started off as a supervisor that delivered pizzas, oh, God, I did so everything rough, it took. <laughs> so rough. And then I was close. Listen to me, I, if we closed at 10.05, bro, I was literally out there, motherfucker, at 10.07. Like, I have program bro I was a hard ass worker like I shut down the kitchen the driver did the dishes other drivers shut down the dining room and I helped him do the dining room so I shut down the kitchen fast <laughs> like and I was a manager like or a supervisor working to be a manager like Rusty's boy they got me at my good years for a cheap price I was like a rookie bro in the <laughs> NFL or something on a rookie contract they boy they got seven years out of me I made them millions bro fun fucking facts What's the next episode contrast uncut drop, bro? Shit, whenever the hell uh, Jesse drops that shit. Shout out Canoodle Studio. Shout out to Canoodle. What episode is that going to be? It is going to be episode 41, David Dwayne. That's what I'm talking about, episode 41. And then 42 is Shay Banks. Yeah, I did this interview with uh, one of the biggest radio people in Nigeria in uh, Lagos. No shit. Yes, sir. Shay Banks. And then I got Carl Tart on here, the guy I do the show with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Brad, no, it's, I got a dope season. Like, every season, I ask myself, how do I up last season? And the season before that, I had, I mean, bro, this season I had Danny Trejo on the season. I seen that. That is, oh, dude, that's why I forgot to mention. Awesome. Bro, awesome I had him interview. talk about Bakersfield from the beginning. You hear me? <laughs> 
Come on, bro. That is so dope, bro. Like, that everyone from the east side, bro. Like, even yeah, though, like, yeah. like, because, bro, I lived on motherfucking uh, uh, Potomac and Beverly, bro. Yeah. Like, not too right. far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right Actually, it's closer to Virginia, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I lived over there, bro. Yeah. I went to high school, rode a seven bus to fucking South High to go through the country Dude, just to get. Shit. Hell, bro. My mama's <laughs> wearing fucking my football jersey. Like, bro, yeah. I didn't game, babe. I fuck with everybody. It's if you rough problem, out there, too. Bro, we fought. Like, you yeah, know. It's rough out there on that side. That's a good. That's the other side like, like rough out there yeah, bro. I was in the trenches but like it always <laughs> made me me like you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying yes. like I still got the respect like you, I'm blessed to keep on walking and not have to look over my shoulder mm-hmm. cause everybody at the end of the day whether we fought got into it it was always respect mm-hmm. and that was something that was coherent to everything and that's something I Preach like always have respect. You know, you nod down, don't nod up. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And it, it puts the whole mentality like man. That's crazy. Down the street, bruh. On my place, bruh. <laughs> love it, love it. Just, I've been here all my life. But crazy. yeah, bruh. That's love Danny Trejo. Like, bruh. Like my neighbor, bruh, was was from over there, man. Right? Like his <laughs> shit got shot up before and shit. You know, he passed away. Like, damn. Like you feel me? Like I was. I was seeing shit at a very young age from LA stuff to Bakersfield stuff and I didn't shy away from it either. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my neighbor, bro, shout out my neighbor used to send me to the store and use some fake money and see if it would work. And then you <laughs> feel me? He'd go, boy, it's working. Oh yeah. But I would be it's like, man, I got all the little snacks for it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm young, bro. Like, see the game. And it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. You learn, you're picking up. Come on, bro. Like Adapting. East Side of Bakersfield, bro. It helped. It helped raise me, bro. The the West Side of Bakersfield helped raise me. The the country helped raise me. Like mm-hmm. I lived in all these parts. Like I can't. I can't never knock Bakersfield for anything. Mm-hmm. I have to give it all the love. Like and then I have to respect the politics. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But I make sure I'm out the way. Like we just here for business. We're trying to just blow, we're just trying to grow the content platform we got. Exactly, show, but, but also y'all. raise awareness, bro. Like, if y'all have talents, utilize the talent. Like, there's certain videos we shot out here that they don't know we shot, but they know that, damn, that was a dope-ass quality video. Mm-hmm. How the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. But we shot it to make it happen. Like, because we believe that Bakersfield should have a spotlight on talent, especially if they're willing to spend the money on on the talent. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we doing deals, but it still takes money to put out a few 500, 700, mm-hmm. thousand. Like, that still going to cost you. Like, that's not easy out here in Bakersfield for people to get out for their career. Four or five videos, 700 bucks a pop is a lot. For some 3,500 is a lot for music videos that you don't know they're going to blow, they're going to flop. these independent artists spending seven, ten thousand for videos. Yeah. You got labels spending... Bro, labels doing twenty thousand for you. Like twenty thousand. Bro, these huge videos are million dollar videos. Mm, still, still a million. Still a million. Bro, Jack. All right, so That's we did crazy. a Seti Hendrix video, and I do an interview with the CEO of Lake Show, uh, for Lake Show, mm-hmm. a generation now. Mm-hmm. He plays Nail Tech before it drops. He was like, he, play, he ran it back to back from his Escalade. Mm-hmm. And then we did the interview, and I'm just like, Dan is like, man, that's the new single. No one filmed. No one filmed. And so, like, I'm like, damn, Jack Harlow got one. Yeah. But having that moment of being there to see that is just, like, dope, bro. Like, that shit is dope. 
this is a part of history to a degree because yes. you're seeing it before it happens. Yes. yes. Seeing Ye going crazy over this song and now Ye has Jack Harlow in fucking Miami working on Donda 2 and performing because of that song. And, bro, we witnessed it play in a video shoot and that video cost half a million dollars. They filmed it in L.A., a two-day shoot that was a week apart. Like, but chopping it up. That's how I know, like doing mm. the doing the interviews, mm. building relationships. I worked, bro. I went to Atlanta three times last year. Mm-hmm. Every time I went to Atlanta, I hit Lake. When he came to LA and mm-hmm. we shot his artist video, Sadie Hendrix, he mm-hmm. signed a Generation Now. Okay. He pulled up the set. The first thing he said to me, he see me for the first time in person, not just IG texting, <laughs> calling each other. No, he see me in person. Hey, I got you in the interview. Let's do it yeah. tomorrow because you know we filming tomorrow. Like I made the play to get you know and Blue did the work. Like Blue, Blue really did the work. Like mm-hmm. I just hey, this is my boy. We work together. Y'all yeah. shoot y'all videos and it worked. Like hell yeah. we shot the videos. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I got an interview in a trap house with with one of the biggest CEOs. Like he's on all the covers for like when it comes to being a big CEO. Yeah, yeah. That shit's something like boom. an opportunity. You can't take that away. You can't from take me. that. Yeah. Yes. I, that's why I figured that's why I wanted to get you on bro talk about how the opportunities you're, you're getting you're taking full advantage of them you're holding it down you're not forgetting I'm doing the, the best I can bro. <laughs> I promise you bro like yes like everyone that's known me has known that bro like I, one I'm always like low key serious like I have a joking manner like mm-hmm. it's always like, I can roast all the shit but I'm very serious and passionate about what I'm doing mm-hmm. and people always recognize that so it's like Boom, shit. We gonna let Zyla do as Zyla do. <laughs> I think when you're passionate too, bro, that kind of gravitates people to what you got going on. They want to know, like, what is it you love so much and show them what we love and we're going to ride or die for it. We're going to go down swinging. We're going to put all we got into this. We got to make it. There's no other choice. Like, to see that passion they, they, they see from you, like, that's so gravitating, I think. They want to listen. They want, they're interested in your story now because... He's going all in on this, what he loved. Not many yeah. people could do that. Not many people could say, hey, I'm not doing, I'm not going to go to Rusty's no more. I'm not going to fuck with my gig. I'm just going to go all in on the dream. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still kept on personal driving for this like really rich white lady. <laughs> I ain't even going to lie. I did that shit for like another year and a half. And JP Bangs and Created by Blue really pushed me to quit driving for her because like, the money was cool, bro. I'm making $100 for an hour, bro. Sometimes two hours. Yes. And that's it. Just driving. I drive to LA. I make 300 Yeah. I'm like, shit, she going to the airport. I'm making 300 300 when she get back. Like, it was just like, it was dope. I was making cool money. Driving. Three times a week. Four times a week. Mm-hmm. I'm literally taking an extended lunch break to go drive her at Rusty's and shit. Mm-hmm. Now I quit working at Rusty's. I just got that. And I'm doing the interviews and the videos, but it came a point. I have a own. I had a chance to go in the studio with Decades and Too Short, Shout and I had it. Man, my boy Decades man. and JP Bangs, my guy. Those man, Bakersfield. Producing wise, filled crazy, crazy. Bruh, producers, I've been blessed bro. to really work with some of the biggest talent at Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. No cap, like mm-hmm. I've been blessed. Like I've been really, really blessed. But my hunger allowed for people to see that. Like I worked on Brad. On decades, for like three years before he started fucking with me. Mm-hmm. I gave him free food from Rusty's to keep it G. <laughs> and then he was like, man, put me on a song with Eat Greedy. Whatever it is, I got you, bro. You didn't have to give me all that food. 
And then boom, bro, like we connected. Mm-hmm. And bro, he he put me on shooting videos, bro. Like mm-hmm. keep it G. I uh, co-directed his first three videos, like off his shit right before COVID, or mm-hmm. no four videos. And like we really got into the shit, and then it stopped because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> this does not stop no matter I, what. Bro, if, if, like y'all got it, I don't. Like, so I'm gonna keep going. And shit, decades called me to go with them something tomorrow. I'm gonna fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's my boy. And like, he got that. And same thing for JP. Like, shoot. Shout out to JP. Like, they really helped me understand one, what I want out the game, and two, how to get it out the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wanted to be an AR. They made sure I understood. But decades is like, man, no, come shoot these videos with me. <laughs> Push with these videos with me. I got you on the A and R. Don't worry. Yeah, we gonna get some managing stuff. Don't worry. We gonna work. We gonna work. And you know, we shot four videos. Shit was dope. I got to see myself in a video on E Forty Story. <sighs> like that was dope, bro. Like you know, they. I've been in a car with decades where he talks to Forty and how their relationship is so incredible. Mm-hmm. It's love. Like, it's it's organic and real. That's tight. Like family. Tight. Like. Seeing all of that, and bro, I've been blessed to work with E40. Mm-hmm. Like AR, two songs on this project. Like, I've been blessed over this past year just to just, I never stopped, bro. Never gained through the opportunities. Come on, bro. 1000%. <laughs> Dude, that's that's what, like, I think this is what the game's about taking advantage of every opportunity. Like, yeah, bro. You don't be to. afraid, bro. Like, you know. The 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 times you don't swing at the bat and, and get in the game is the times you'll never know what it's like to feel anything. From failure, you feel greatness. Like, I seen this guy, his name's Logan, the CEO of Basewood Productions. He had it tattooed on his arm. He said, I never lose, I only win or I learn. I never lose, I only win or learn. When I seen that, I was like, who the fuck said that? I Google searched it. Nelson Mandela said that. He don't have it with Nelson Mandela on him. Doesn't give me credit for it. And so I'm like, shit, that stuck with me. Like, bro, you see, I I went to a lunch with this guy. I mean, we've been doing more than that, like, mm-hmm. business-wise. Like, but that's that's besides the point. I shouldn't even say that. But, <laughs> no, we but good. We good. that stuck with me, seeing that. Like, boom, damn, that stuck with me. And I've been doing that my whole life. Mm-hmm. And how do I take that cycle and stop it where where there's failure? How do I take that cycle and stop it where I'm losing? Mm-hmm. And how do I keep on taking what's easy to me and building it, making it good and, and lovable for everybody else? Mm-hmm. NFL players say they're the greatest when football slows down for them. How do you go at your fastest speed? Ready to go knock someone's head off or catch a ball or run the ball or throw the ball with people coming at you, all the shit. And and you have to Yeah, what the fuck did I say before that? <laughs> Damn it. Oh, you went, oh, you're talking about how the um Oh, how it slows down. Yeah, that's yes, what I was yes, saying. Yes. So like when when they was talking about how football slows down for them, the pros, that's when they know they were being the greatest. And it was like cause it's the easiest for them. When you're going at that fastest speed and all these elements, mm-hmm. when it slows down, you're at your greatest. Mm-hmm. And it was like, damn, what? And then I thought more. What makes them their greatest and how does it slow down? Mm-hmm. There's a moment where they're comfortable and they're confident. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's 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 my playing field. Mm-hmm. 
comfortable and confident. That's that's the playing field. Because right there, we have greatness for however long we want to keep it ignited. Mm-hmm. And we're in control of that. We're crazy. Fuck, sorry. <laughs> that's my... Dude, those things really... Yeah, want to keep the grind going. I think that's why I need... That's why I love hearing, bro. That's why I love having guests like you just to remind me why we grind. And what others are doing around us, like you're in your lane and you're you're elevating your game. If you, I I noticed it one thousand percent. Like this is crazy. Like Uncle Snoop's army, you're, you're learning on the job with the top in the game. Like we only got to. Bro, I'm working with Bakersfield, bro. You see that? You see her bad? It's at almost six hundred thousand views. It came out a month ago. It went viral on TikTok. The people in the video are from Bakersfield. Oh. I got Lionel Washington. I don't know if you ever been to Foods Co. on White Lane. Mm-mm. Oh, he's, he's I know where it's happening. Never been he's there. been an actor and he was in a Colin Kaepernick commercial back in the day. Like he's done some cool shit and like play some. But he was the security that picked up one take Jay and put him in back in the seat. Like because yeah. we did like a Jerry Springer Maury type video mm-hmm. with blue and Blueface came out. Like it was dope, bro. Like there's Bakersfield people all through the video. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we continue to try and do, like Blues from Bakersfield. Like, he's working with the biggest people, bro. Like, mm-hmm. and he is not, you feel me, not, he's putting Bakersfield people on, bro. Mm-hmm. And that makes me more inspired, not just working with him, but to continue the same, the same job. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Carry that tradition on, bro. Exactly. It's a legacy. Like, you know, we may not live here. For, you know, whenever the opportunity comes where we can move to L.A. so we can stop driving so much, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to come. You're going to take it. Come on. Why not? If something calls where I got to move to Atlanta or New York because it's better for my family, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But nothing is ever going to stop from me still trying to put on for Bakersfield so that for at the end of the day, people can always be inspired to know, like, hey, I can still get out of here. I can still make my family a better place mm-hmm. into a better position if I really, you know, chase my my talent Mm -hmm. i chase like it's one thing when you got it it's another thing when you don't Mm -hmm. like a lot of people can be not a good a rapper but they could be great a and r's they could be great road managers they could be great uh you know music directors and Mm -hmm. and people they could be in bands like and travel and there's so many other opportunities that go into it they forget in a music video there's 10, 12 jobs. Mm-hmm. In a movie set, there's a hundred the jobs. Behind the scenes, yep. That are yeah. not on camera, that mm-hmm. are getting paid well. And people forget that. And everyone wants to try and be the main person on camera, the main person on the mic. And at the end of the day, like like I've been saying, you got to know when to play your role. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, if you recognize, like, boom, there's an opportunity to say something, then boom, do it. Mm-hmm. Bro, I've been in the room where Blue has had his cousin come and sing to test the mic out. Cause his cousin can sing and he's testing the mic out at Red Bull Studios mm-hmm. <clears throat> where there's big people listening to him and it helped create a little, you know, no one's making that phone call to make sure he's in that room. Mm-hmm. Blue made sure that his cousin was there mm-hmm. and it needs more people that are talking for you that are in these rooms where you're not in that room and they make sure you're included. Yes. Definitely. Those are the, you know, the game breaking opportunities when it comes to relationships, Definitely. valuing relationships, and when you put your own people on, 
and helping them live their dream, that's those levels to friendship. I think on that point, like if you're really holding it down, I, I love seeing it. I was just having this conversation with my guy. Like when you're able to build something and your guys could quit their full time job and go pursue that dream with your business, there's levels to that stuff, dude. You're living your dream. I think it, not many people get that opportunity. You know what I mean, Zach? Bruh, I'm the same kid that used to break into the wrestling room on lunch on Saturdays <laughs> and Sundays to practice, like being ranked and shit and, and you know, having a state tournament here and being the only state that does a real state champion meant something. Yeah. So it was like I I strive for it. Like yeah. so having that hunger, you know, making sure I still ignite to having that seventeen, sixteen, fifteen year old dream of I got everything I prayed for everything I have now. Mm-hmm. Everything I asked for as a teenager I have now. Mm-hmm. The only thing I haven't been able to accomplish is having some M's. <laughs> and I that's that's the work to it. It's going to come, though, bro. Oh, yeah. It's like, going to have like, to come. There's no denying it. It's it's the work put in. It's way in the hours put in. Like, no, we're going to get this. We're, we're, come on. We're grinding. People see the value. And that's something that, that goes across the board. Like, sometimes when you look at, like, hey, there's only 47 people that watch this one interview. But you got to realize that. Snoop Dogg watched that interview. Mm-hmm. That's one person. Mm-hmm. He watches all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to realize that certain people take their time to say, hey, let me go see who this person is. Or, hey, this person's coming on my show. He's watching that interview. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's something that keeps me going. That, like, hey, these people are still making sure this shit's going. And I think that's a that's a boss right there. I think you gotta be involved, have your fingers in everything you want to do. That's tight. And I love him, Uncle Boss, I mean, Uncle Snoop Academy, Uncle Snoop's Army, Army Academy. What the fuck am I? It's the drill. Now I can say it's on the audio. Huh. February twenty twenty. So it's been two years. That's another opportunity, bro. Because of the grind. It's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog, dog. That's crazy. It's, yeah. It, bruh, I was a Hollywood promoter in college. I went from UC Santa Barbara to Cal State Northridge. I was going to ask you, we would call it too, but I was like, oh, maybe we'll talk I about went later. to UC Santa Barbara, bruh. Tight, tight, one tight. of the biggest party schools. And I. D1, the building. Bruh, I <laughs> fucking. I wrestled for a little bit, and then I learned I had scoliosis and a mild case of it. And so my back was hurting, so mm-hmm. that I stopped wrestling. And at that point, I was a team manager of the basketball team. And then I started, you know, becoming the dorm and, and, and local, you feel me, supplier of certain needs. Yes, yes, definitely. And it took my time away from school. And then I had a girlfriend in L.A., so I used to, ex-girlfriend. But I used <laughs> to go back out there. And then I ended up moving out there and going to CSUN. And then going to CSUN, I started doing way more shit. <laughs> being in L.A., just being in a cesspool of everything like I started working with a record label in Compton and seeing how all of that was going before it blossomed and bloomed into what it was you know to the era that it's been mm-hmm. like I was being a, I was blessed to see it like before Problem blew up yeah before, oh, okay okay I was there when Shay Shice had cut the record like had just had that record this is where I want to be with Nate Dog, and he was just starting a tour you were on that or you no, were there no, you were- no no I was getting Fizz pills. Yeah. I don't even know if I should be saying that. Shoot the shit podcast whatever you want. But yeah, man. Damn, like, back in the day, I don't do none of that shit no more. That was my young college wild days. But 
yeah, like it's like being these environments are just like boom, boom, boom. Okay, okay. And then I was applying what I was learning. Then I was in other rooms that was just like even crazier. Getting hands on like on the job experience is crazy, right? Like, like I wish no I would have finished school, bro. Like uh, to be honest, yeah, 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 to be very honest, I wish I had a degree. It would make it easier for me to get a job at a label or get a job at another place. But I put the work in now where so I have a big portfolio. So it makes it a little, okay. You're pretty easy to the table too. So I have a degree, but this is my work and my resume and this and they get the credentials of the people I'm doing work for and their accolades. Like exactly. somebody with a degree doesn't bring that. So they don't have the experience. Yes. Honestly, that's kind of what the workforce is now. Like you're, you're graduating, but you don't have the experience of the job you want. Like, how do you start that? You got to start from the bottom and work your way up. That's the only way. And you, when you have some of the experience, it's not like that. I don't know. But you're right. I can see the Bro, I'm 34, bro. Hmm. Okay. So, like, sometimes it's a young playing field, and I'm still willing to put the work in. And that's something that. (laughs) Right. At the end of the day, I learned. Like, I was a kid at football practice that wasn't fast. I ran up hills after practice where everyone laughed, but Mm -hmm. I got faster than everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there were certain things where, hey, if I did this, this happened. And having that thing of, like, hey, I did bad shit. You know what? I did go to jail. Mm-hmm. I, I have I been juvenile hall, jail, mm-hmm. L.A. County. Like, I made mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is to learn to grow from that. Okay, shit, I ain't going to fuck with that shit no more. Not and the, accepting that. Like you said, no, there's no no losses, just lessons. And I believe in that 1,000% too, Zoe. I'm trying like in business too. You know how it is a business. Learning from now, I got to put the show on contract. I thought it was DJ game sometimes. I got to get paid before I walk in there, or I can't do it because I ain't trying to talk about money the day of type of shit. Like just pay the day before and we good. I've been burned before. Sucks. Now I learned my lesson. Podcasting. Learn my lesson. How to cut. Like okay, the three camera thing ain't working. We'll get some go back straight audio. I've been I went back straight audio like twice. You know what I mean? I think it was only episode like 80 we started using the camera. Maybe not 80. Maybe 90. I think 90 was the first time we went on a camera. So I did like, what? 89 of them with straight audio. You know what I mean? Like, I like the audio only myself. No, it's all good. It's like, at the end of the day, you got to keep on building, recognize what you got to fix, keep going. Do you like the pod though? What I've been doing like the last time? I know you've been asking me how long we've been been talking for like a couple months. Maybe longer than that, Zai. Yeah. Like, I mean, bro, I've seen you at the barbershop. Like, normally, bro, I be in my own zone. Me too, Like, at the end of the day, there's a thousand things on my mind. And then when I have moments to just, like, let me go take care of myself, I play. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. Aaron asked me some questions. I talked to him. Other than that, boy, I'm out the way. <laughs> like, I just, I zone out to make sure, you feel me, that, well, I'm very survival tactic, so yeah. I'm watching the whole room. Yeah, but I'm still in my own thoughts. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's it's unfortunately the way I'm written raised. Got like, you surviving. Yeah, unfilled. Shelter right. filled. And L. A. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. Oh, yeah, L. A. Taught me to keep my back to the wall. Oh god. Yeah. Like there's certain things that stuck with me being in L. A. Like certain sounds, you learn to duck your back first. <laughs> Yes. Like, you feel me? Lower your back, your whole body gonna get down. You mm-hmm. feel me? And then you, more sounds, you, your knees buckle. Mm-hmm. It's just, you, you learn this shit growing up. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately... That's the reality of where we at. That's the reality of where we at. Sucks. 
but it's necessity. Like I said, like there's certain <laughs> things I was able to do to really know, like, hey, I got it. I'm able to talk to federal judges. I'm able to talk to the biggest attorneys. I'm able to talk to the biggest uh, contractors that I'm driving for and have real dialogue and conversations Mm -hmm. and understand what they like, understand how certain things are built or certain cases or certain shit like they shouldn't tell me, but they were telling me. And that helped me where it's like, okay, the interview shit may be my thing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm keeping dialogue with literally millionaires. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this isn't the normal rapper. This isn't the normal hood person. This isn't the normal. These are, they don't know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to turn it on to a degree where I'm still myself. Like, my accent to the, you feel me, where I was raised and how I was raised and how this come out of me don't stop. Mm -hmm. I know how to, like, yes, sir, like, you feel me, put on just a little bit. Yeah, you got to. Respect. But but, but at the end of the day, the shit that comes, it's still going to be me. Mm -hmm. Like, and that always shines. Like, and that's something that learned from Snoop Dogg. Like, he's always himself no matter what he does. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, you have to embrace it and what it comes for you. Like, you know. If if that lane isn't for you, like, bro, I got songs in my phone where I've rapped on. Mm-hmm. Rapping is not for me, but hey, I got a mouthpiece. You tried it. But I will interview rappers, some of the biggest rappers, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, battle rappers, you got a mouthpiece, you rap? Like, nah. Like, but I understand, how, you know, wordplay. Like, yeah. I respect rapping taught me that. Like, hip hop. Remember you asked me the question in the beginning, I really didn't answer it. And it's like, what did hip hop do for me? It gave me that ability to relate to someone that doesn't know me. Let me relate to, as a kid, the TV was the biggest thing I could relate to. I could come in, watch a TV show, play the video game, escape reality. Mm-hmm. Then music came in. I could put headphones on. Escape reality. I'm slapping E-40. I'm slapping Snoop Dogg. I'm slapping DMX. I'm slapping, you know, certain NWA. Like, I'm slapping all these different things as a kid. And it was teaching me, like, man, there's a rebellion to certain ways how being mistreated. This is what's wrong. This is a way to go about talking about it. And you could have a voice and you could have a following of people that will listen to you. You could guide them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, my family grew up on politics. Like, my dad's side of family politics. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, my uncle worked for the presidents. Mm-hmm. Like my grandfather worked for the Department of Defense. <laughs> like, yeah. you, from, and I, I was high school, bro. I interned for the senator out here. Who, who was the senator at the time? Senator Roy Ashburn. Oh no, yeah, Senator Roy Ashburn. Okay, did not know that. Yeah, and bro, I was it's in the newspaper. <laughs> I was in the newspaper, bro, in a picture in his office with his awards and shit behind me. Like, that's the picture for the paper when I was 17. I made front page. Oh, yeah. Shout out to for California. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Very so, bro, like, I had aspirations to become a politician. Then I got arrested when I was 17. Mm. And that sort of fucked up me becoming a politician. And then I still had this aspiration of entertainment. Like, well, hey, if I can't get to what's wrong that I see is wrong and have a voice to do something about it through being a politic then I need to get like a literally a politician, like a political figure. Like I try to go to college for it type shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Majoring in political science and stuff. 
I, I majored in uh, public uh, studies. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. And so uh, I wanted to, like, bro, I was passionate about changing certain things because when you grow up poor, you realize who gets treated wrong, who gets treated right. Yes. It, like, there was times I'm with a white kid and we're in the Centennial Rich Neighborhood suburbs, you could say, and we're getting pulled over by the police. They're telling us we're on the wrong side of town. They're giving him an exhibition of speed ticket, mm-hmm. which means he went over 100 miles an hour. And all he did was his his thing, uh, uh, what's going to call it, kickstart, so his tire spilled. Mm-hmm. Like, you know where your shit switched gears mm-hmm. and it could spill out just a little bit. All you do is hit the gas. I had a clutch for I had a 60 for a long time. We was in an S10, bro. Yeah. And boom, he pulls us over, gives him an exhibition of speed, puts us in cuffs, and then tells him we're on the wrong side of town. Makes us feel like shit. Throws us back in our cars and lets us go home. I believe it. And I'm with a real preppy, like, white kid, bro, that that listens to punk music and shit. Like, Mm -hmm. he's my wrestling homie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I've seen it where it goes like that to where I'm with with my boys I'm out every day with where we get pulled over just because they're black on it any night. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that police are looking for are drugs and guns. Mm -hmm. You ain't got that, they letting you go. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we could have ran a red light go 100 miles an hour, but we ain't got guns or drugs. They let us go. Mm-hmm. And I think that rebellion is kind of part of the hip-hop narrative. Come on, bro. All 100%. of that plays into what I was able to relate to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do I get back to why I felt like music is medicine, therapy for me? By let me be a part of it. But let me find my role. It was a point decades and JP both asked me, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Fuck being a manager. Fuck, fuck. What do you want to do? And I said A&R. Like I said earlier, Decades like, yeah, you get A&R. We're going to help you with that. But JP really pushed it. Decades like, they ain't going to do videos. I learned how to do both. Mm-hmm. And still able to do this. Like you're, you're like a utility player, bro. You could do it all. I think it's important to know like but every keep it in the same arena. Make sure your arena's flowing. Come on, that's, that's something that where Brian was like, you have to put time into something where it's like, okay, well, I want to keep on thriving in podcasts where I want to keep on be able to talk. I got to go on podcasts locally. <laughs> yes, yes. Same arena. Yes, yes. Like I have to yes. be able to do stuff in the same field. I have when I take phone calls, hey, take them and give them the game that you have. Yes. And like, yeah, I, I hope it. I hope this pod does that, bro. Honestly, yeah, I think it will. I think um, it's you, organic. You have something help. that I do fuck with is that because you are a coach, you have a lot of young audiences, mm-hmm. and that's something you definitely got to utilize. Something that I've seen many, many times is a recipe for artists. Where I've seen Drake do it. He'll go to all the universities first, get his song going, get mm-hmm. his buzz going, and then to the strip clubs. All around. Then from there, you know, he's pushing his name. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Then there's the recipe of going to all the high schools. And then getting all the high schools fucks you. We're blessed to be where there's 15, or I mean, the biggest high school district in the United States is current high school district. So many. Like there's 19 or 20. They're adding another one, too. But my, <laughs> we feed into my point. Yeah, the fastest yeah. growing city in California yes. has all these teenagers. You're in that market. So it's like, okay, I see what he's doing. Now, I don't know if he knows this, how more he can have his range with his audience is if he just markets to the high schoolers and understand, hey, there's real game being talked on my show. Mm-hmm. You know, they're shooting the shit, but the shit that they shooting is some gems. Mm-hmm. 
He's been through something. They're showing you that he could overcome. So many kids are now telling him, like, just because you don't like something doesn't mean you quit. Are you going to do this for the rest of your life? If you don't like something, you just quit. Quit. You know, kids quit teams, quit sports, quit going to their Come on, so clubs. I fuck with Nip, bro. Yeah, like, you can't just quit, dude. There's no... And they want to be like Kobe. Like, I hear it's from players. I want to be like Kobe. But did Kobe quit my G when he didn't like something? Like, did you, you can't Did you shoot the ball a thousand times today? Did, we'll never ever tell you to stop right. shooting. I was literally, okay, I was a women's basketball team manager at UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. They're D1, Big West champions for like eight years in a row. They had two uh, transfer players that came from Baylor. Baylor just won the NCAA Final Power Four. They just won the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Literally just won it. The All-American shooter came to UC Santa Barbara, and then the point guard on the bench came to UC Santa Barbara. Because mm-hmm. a burn. So the All-American, every day before practice, I'm going to tell you this game because you're a coach. The All-American, every day before practice. Her name was Emily Newman. You could look her up. Play that Baylor. Mm-hmm. You'd be able to have this as a reference. You got to listen a long time to this podcast to hear this shit. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? If you've been listening for two and a half hours, salute to I you. Oh, dude. Good God. I don't know if it's up but, there, though. This is long. I yeah, love no, it. Yeah, no, I know. I got to get going soon because my kids are going to miss <laughs> It's no, my day home. Finish that story, though. I need to coach So, yeah. So, Emily Newman, she would sit at the corner of the uh, rim. I mean, sit, sit at the corner of the uh, backboard. There's a little part of the corner where it makes the L. She would sit there and work on her release a hundred times in that corner on the left side, hundred times. Go to the right side, a hundred times. Go in front of the rim. I'm talking about, you know, where the little half circle is right in front of the rim. A mm-hmm. hundred times. Shoot the threes. She has one of the NCAA records and final fours for her highest three point percentage in the, in the final fours. History. Yes, in hell history. Yeah, hell yeah. And it's like 85% or something. You could check it for, for facts. But Definitely. that was her practice before practice. And I was like, oh, my God. That's how she makes all of her shots because her wrist is perfectly anointed to go from the corner, the front, and the other corner before practice. Damn. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now I'm adjusting. Uh-huh. And all I'm doing is hitting that corner. So guess where the ball's coming back? The ball's coming back perfectly to your hand. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know you got a perfect release because it's going straight to the back of the net. Mm -hmm. When you're doing it in the front, you're doing it again, and it's going straight to the front of the net. So all you're adjusting now is just your aim on how far you're (laughs) powering, and boom, your net, 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 net. Emily Newman? Emily Newman. N-I-E-E-M-A-N-N. Baylor. Look at that. I think it was 2004. Uh, NCAA women's uh, champion and she was an all-American I mean a, a final four Tight. whatever it was called the okay. first team or whatever that shit called well shit Zai man two hours and twelve minutes that's awesome my guy man if you've been listening for two hours and twelve minutes salute to you you have definitely been an advocate to the show. I wish I could tell the camera. I know. Actually, dude. turn the camera back on. We should, huh? Let's do that first. Man, never doing this again. Well, I probably will have to go with the figures now. My guy's eye. Appreciate you coming on the STS podcast. Man, Always what, what's, what's your closeout? My closeout is, man, this is Ernie C. The Gaxter Genius is episode 13 with the host of Contrast. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, 
You got you answer. You got all your questions off. What do you mean? Did you, do you come to an interview with questions? Sometimes, but not all the time. Like today, no. I was like, well, we're just going to talk about the pod and your story. I just okay. figured it was going to be organic from there. Like, so fun fact: always, 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 always creates your script. Okay. See, that's all I have. Like literally, <laughs> Brad. I'm gonna show you. And you know, camera on. Camera, what up? We back, man. man it's been here. two hours, thirteen minutes. You know, I know the camera ain't seen it all, but they gonna <laughs> see this part of it. And what I want to say is, this brother can really hold a conversation, and that is definitely the key to this game. So I appreciate all the game you're giving me, my guy. So look, buddy's interview I did the other day. This is my intro that I do, and. These are the same questions to a degree. I change out my quote so I can have a flow. No matter what, if I fall off or we're organically talking, I'm able to go back to this and I change out certain questions so it makes sense to the artist or to the guest, whether it's anyone. And then certain things I ask that are specific to them. And then that's tight. It's important. I need to start doing that then. Because like yes. what it does for you, bro, it just gives you that ability to say, hey, no matter who I'm talking to. I'm able to to really go rigorous with that person and keep that flow going, keep yes, the conversation cause, going. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to lose people in any awkward silence, or you're able to cut that out. Like there's certain things that where people, you know, same thing with music. People ADHD, 10, 15 seconds, we ain't keeping it going. They don't want to listen no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, I do that all the time. You want to skip a song? You listen to something new? Something on the radio that don't sound cool. I'm going to the next thing. Fifty second test. It's it's natural ADHD. Like it's it's it is what it is. We're in a world of popcorn, and it's like how do you keep people hooked? And having the one the game being spoken about, two having a level of where you want to go, mm-hmm. is is you feel me? Always the key tools of lock unlocking that door. You know, they say one door closes, another one opens up. Shit, fuck that. Go through the window. Mm-hmm. And then when that door opens up for you through the window, shit, mm-hmm. make sure you stay in that motherfucker. <laughs> 1,000%. And I've I seen this man go through the back door and stay in the room. Shit. Man, yeah. dude. That was crazy. Let's end it on that. That's why I, I met you at Professional and I seen you do your thing. I had no idea you were working the camera. I didn't know you were, I didn't know about Bruh, the, I level, the, the levels to going. it. I get a call the day of, like, hey, you in Bakersfield? Yep. All right, we're going to come at this time. Bet. Can you meet me at the hotel? Yep. All right. Beautiful. How did that start with Second and None Quick, that relationship? Real fast. I, I interviewed Mellow Man Ace, and Mellow Man, and something like I started off, and I'm going to give you this game. I went to a chiropractor when I used to drive that lady. She on the wall. It said, the best way to thank me for my profession is to refer me to someone else. Oh, beautiful. When I seen that and I read it, <laughs> it stuck with me. And so in the beginning, that was something I was big on. Like something I said, actually, I still am. I still use that to the publicist, everybody. Like mm-hmm. the customer, lo- I mean, your client loves me. The other clients will love me too. And Refer me. Refer me. Yeah. And so, yeah. boom, I utilized that from that chiropractor. And I told Mellow Man Ace, like, hey, refer me to someone. He was like, man, my boy KK, he's a real one, man. He ain't Hollywood. KK from second to none. I called KK. KK was like, yeah, man, we could do the interview. Man, you got a camera? Let's shoot a music video. So me and Kev King came out, <laughs> shot a music video. And uh, 
then we shot another music video and then I did my interview for my podcast and then I was fucking with seconds and that like coming out like man I want to do your documentary your story is crazy mm-hmm. crazy like you know they're bloods mm-hmm. they're from Elm Street Compton mm-hmm. and they fuck with every hood they're one of the rare people that, that fuck with go everywhere anywhere they're, they're good they're good yeah. literally good, good. yeah like, good I've shot videos <laughs> where I'm in every hood in Compton at Bompton Compton mm-hmm. East Side West Side mm-hmm. every hood mm-hmm. filming Good, good. Nothing, we, bro. We filming at the park. It's it's all these people staring at us. We go across the street. The people that were staring at us, looking at us crazy, is now in the video. We're filming at their spot. Yeah, like this is real life yeah. shit with seconds yeah. to none. And I was like, bro, this is so like this feeling I have. I got to put a spotlight on it. They walked away from millions of dollars because they didn't want to be Crips because mm-hmm. Jimmy Iovine and Suge Knight wanted to push Crips. So that they had both to to put out to the to the market, mm-hmm. and they said no. Do you know who came out after that? Shout out to the guy that put me on, Snoop Dogg. Oh, of course, and he put it. He held it down forever. Still holding it down. And now he owns Death Row, which is a crazy moment in fucking hip hop. Talk about full circle. Come on, but oh my god. Seconds to none. Freaking have a conversation on that. Yeah. So seconds to none. Oh, that's that's how I got involved, and I fell in love with the story. And it was like I was watching Wu Tang, the series, and I was like, "Bro, seconds to none can have their own series. Seconds to none can have a biopic like like Tupac." Because at the end of the day, DJ Quick, Sugar Free, uh, MG, and and uh, uh, why am I forgetting another guy name? Black Tone. <laughs> no, uh, he gonna kill me for this, but it's another one I forget. Man, y'all can get on my head because I'm, I'm I'm running off like four hours of sleep and working crazy. We're, There's we're no two excuse. Hours, we're two hours and twenty minutes into yeah, a couple yeah. of into. <laughs> but needless to say, uh, their story. They were the other NWA of LA. Mm-hmm. They were okay. they were the other. Yeah. They had a point where they were going to have a deal and, you know, they walked away from it mm-hmm. and they had to give up a whole album and those songs went to other artists that became songs for Tupac. One song became a Tupac song. Another song became a Warren G song. Another song became a Snoop Dogg song and they were big songs. Mm-hmm. They took away the production that they did and gave it to them and took away the, the melodies and took away how the hook was done. Like, they gave it straight to them mm-hmm. and they used it and hearing all of that story really is like damn this is nowhere where are you hearing a story like this mm-hmm. so I was like I gotta do the documentary and I've interviewed some crazy like Crazy Bone Battle Cat uh, uh, who else That's uh, DJ Aladdin uh, I mean just it's legends West Coast dude like yes, I've West been Coast. with some real legendary Freeway Rick Ross came for an interview uh like there's been so many epic moments and I, I'm not done with it and I just got a, another camera so that I'll be able to finish this shit and get it out to the people <laughs> because this is like another Kanye project because I know that EA will from his little product that Cootie and Chike put out that, that really makes the game available to see hey if you really put the work in you're not crazy Mm-hmm. They may not see it like you. That's cool. See that firsthand genius. So you gotta believe in yourself too. And uh, yeah, I want to put out the second nun project and 
just keep on going, bro. It's a lot of stuff I want to get done, and that's what it was. It was cool to see you out there in your element, bro. And I, yeah. I was kind of fucked up. Real but that's cute. how yeah, but got into it. KK KK grew up in the same neighborhood as Quick, and KK got DJ Quick out the house. Quick is used to just play in the house, mm-hmm. and Quick and, and KK and another uh, person named Mike Mike B went up and you know they are legends from their hood mm-hmm. and KK was a little guy but he used to fight the biggest people mm-hmm. and they you know from yeah. there that's yeah. his respect mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and boom you know DJ Quick's uh, first album the pictures in front of uh, KK's house mm-hmm. KK's mom's house mm-hmm. like there's so many different things that I've been able to see firsthand, and it's like Boom! Fast forward to now they back together. He's opening it up for them. They're doing everything on the road, rocking. And there's opportunities where I get to film, and that's where you got to see me. Like, it was dope, bro. Like, I I wanted Kev to come fuck with me because, like, man, at that point I'm using Kev's camera. I got my lens. We working it, Mm -hmm. and so Kev came late. I came through the back door with KK. I had DJ Quick's bodyguard basically move the whole crowd so I could go all the way to the front mm-hmm. and get Kev King in because they said that they're at capacity and no one else could come in. Oh, they shut it down like that? I didn't know they shut it down. That's the what they door. told Kev. Oh, damn. And so Kev was like, man, I'm supposed to be in there. And so, bro, bodyguard pulls Kev in. Mm-hmm. So he's good. And it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's good. And so now yeah, bodyguard's bit. paving the way all the way for us to go back upstairs and shit. And so... Then we hit the stage, like, I'm just working. Like, I've been on the stage with with Mount Westmore. That's E-42 short, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg. I've been on the stage with Key Sweat, 112, Max. I've been on the stage with TLC. And, I mean, I've been at these big events and been blessed to film it. I've been on a whole tour with a Nigerian pop star, Mm -hmm. filming every aspect Mm -hmm. when it comes to a show Mm -hmm. and, like, having those moments it was my birthday I'm on tour in Houston with, and he was like man you want a bottle <laughs> I just give you That's a bottle love. yeah 100% <laughs> and it's just like having those like that's not in the essence, that's why I do it for. Like, it's cool to like, see you like, in the element, my guy. That shit was dope. I was yeah, able to cool. film it, get a cut, get it back to them. They love it. Then I shot a commercial after that from and like there's certain things I'm proud of I did on my own. Then there's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff I'm proud of because I did with my boy Blue and like yeah it's it's. I love the clip that you have because I was like hey I didn't know I, was, I didn't even know you were filming I didn't think you ever put that in the in the film like when yeah, the, yeah, I got you on yeah there. in the beginning I was like oh shit because Aaron shout out to Aaron Aaron showed me I had no idea he's like Aaron you know you were quick I'm like what do you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm like, the, that thing so what the quick, picture we took hey, quick reposted that on his story did he yeah, KK. I follow him, but I didn't really, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Tight, tight, tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, I just, that was cool. I'm glad. Thanks for capturing that, man. It wasn't for me. I know that, but I'm glad I was there. The, the opportunity rose to, hey, you want to be quick? I'm like, yeah. You know, kind of fucked up, but whatever. I have a couple shots in, a couple, more than a couple shots in. Man, I got to explain to the audience what happened, play God, by play. dude. So, Ernie, we're walking. The show's over. Quick, put down the mic. They walking off stage. They going through the back. Ernie's backstage. I mean, Ernie's in the back of the place. I ain't going to explain to somebody. I ain't going to give away how to get in. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But Ernie back there. And now we on the steps. And Quick is like, who is this guy? Puts his hands up. Everyone's looking around like, and Ernie just keeps on going upstairs. Like, man, Quick ain't going to stop me from going upstairs. I was already told I can go upstairs type shit. <laughs> and so Quick is like, fuck it. He's going up here like he's supposed to be here. I'm just let it happen. 
And then boom, we walk inside mm-hmm. and I'm standing. I'm like, I know who you are. Cause I seen you at the thing. I honestly, I remember seeing you at Rusty's a couple of times. Like me too, bro. I didn't see, I didn't even know you worked at Rusty. Show that picture on Facebook. No ideas. I, I know I'd seen you at Rusty's my G. Cool. 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 I did recognize you, but I didn't, Think about Rusty's and be honest. Yeah, like, oh, and, and then Aaron talks about you. Cool, cool, cool. So like that common denominator. So like, boom. I'm saying, bro, bro was smooth with it. He came in there. Now we're upstairs. Instead of being awkward, you just start talking. Mm-hmm. And that's the coldest thing to do is to be in a room and realize like, hey, it's a, a quick set. I gotta make sure all my people here. And that's when we gonna leave. It's like bet. And then boom, it's a silence, and you started talking. You you broke the quote, like you broke the awkward silence, and it was perfect. And you built a conversation, and shit. Click was like, man, he's a fan, man. What he said, boom. Yeah. And and the Click was David. salute. Yeah, dude, the book. I told my boys, like, I brought. They said, what did you tell him? Like, the book of David, my favorite album. I made sure to capture you. That was film, crazy. You taking a picture with them. That's like, time. I appreciate that. And shit. And that boom. was the keys up there. My pop, big Scarface. That's quick for me. Jay Z, Nas, whatever, like, but more Pac, Big, Scarface, Quicks in that top five personally. Maybe not like you know we break it down an MTV list, but on my list, Quicks up there, bro. Like we've been Quick fans. I remember when we were little kids watching um, the Source Awards when they all came out when Death Row that was tight. So like ever since then, dude, like it's like I don't know, dude. It was crazy to see, but I was glad because I was kind of out of my mind too. It was awesome. I'm glad you captured that. That's just tight. That's just weird too. I never thought I'd be kicking with quick. Bruh, and to I, see you hey, too, my G, I was like, oh, at first too. Like, hey, hey, here's another fun fact. You know, I filmed the Banda MS concert with Snoop Dogg as a, a DJ. That was, you, you filmed that? I seen that on his, on his IG. That's tight. Hold on, it's on mine too. <laughs> I'm in the press room. What you talking about? Hell yeah. Bruh, I've been blessed to be around Grammy winners and so many like there's people that I hear their music and see see them on a billboard and I be around them I get to take a picture Snoop with them or chop it up Snoop is everywhere bro Snoop is a bro, he's an icon he's a brand and icon he has longevity everybody should strive to have that longevity bro come on everybody should strive to have that longevity I'll tell you what if you're still listening to this you got some damn longevity to listen to a podcast come on this is tight <laughs> Sorry, we killed it for two and a half hours. Good lord. Shit, uh, shit, no, we're gonna end it on that. What the hell is this picture? I don't know. I need for? to see that. But yeah, to see the bond, um, the bondus. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, I for sure went past that shit. Because, uh, that's what's everywhere. Corona commercials. Come on. Where is this picture? Yeah, dude, I try not to, um, I don't know. You did witness like one of the best fucking days of my life, though. <laughs> that shit was cold. I never thought I'd be DJ Quick. That shit was crazy. That shit was legendary. That shit so was crazy. backstage, you see Banda. Mm-hmm. Like press room. <sighs> Snoopers in the middle. That's tight. With the all white. I need to follow you on your Instagram, bro. Zylo Heffern. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, Zylo Heffern. Z Y L O H E F F E R A N. Get Jack. That's tight. I mean, bro, you'll see like you'll see a lot of my progression like in real time. Like 
I do post highlights. Shit, my nephew getting his little shine, winning the little competition. Oh, okay. BHS? Yeah. Tight, tight, tight. Oh, with the one-hander. Insane. Like, no, nah, I got all type of stuff on here. Like, pictures with... I mean, that was at the BET Awards, bro. Like... The opportunities, my G. Yeah. Oh, here's the picture of Snoop. Side of the stage. Snoop. Legend. I mean, I got the stuff from... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that Jalen Rose? No, nah, that's that's uh oh, who's gonna left? Let's see. That's the guy to do the June bug challenge. Oh shit, that was it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. From the farm, like damn. And then uh so that was a blast documentary with Bino. We got to shoot two videos for that. is really on some different stuff too. It's awesome. E. I mean, bro, no, I got all all the shit on my page, like I want to follow you, my G. We all need to follow you, bro. We got all the videos, like so. Well, it's not all of them. It's like some of the best videos. Sick, quick, quick as the nail. Same uh, the sounds one of the best shit ever too. Shows contrast and cut. That was recent. Hey, oh the NAACP. I seen that too. I did see it on Facebook. Oh yeah, no, shoot up. Acted in videos. You'll see some of that on here. <laughs> Like shit, still carrying on the love of theater, bro. It's awesome. Oh yeah, no, shit. It, awesome. it's a passion. Hundred percent. This is on set for the Zakari and Blast shoot. Zakari in the building. That's cool. I'm glad he's doing just thing, man. Holding it down for the field. I love it, man. No, it's so much stuff on here, bro. Like, but if you guys want to get to know me, go ahead, go on that page, and you'll see a lot of the interviews. You'll see. Some dope shit. You'll see my kids. You'll see some pictures of some people. You'll be like, damn. Are we putting some contracts on cut work up? For sure. We'll plug all that when we drop this pod, dog. For sure, bro. Just shit. Tag your favorite interviews. I got so many, bro. Like, oh, my God. I got some dope ones, bro. Like, we'll do it. Shit. We'll do it. We'll do on it. On that note, man, go ahead. Kill your, kill your shit, man. Kill man, we're, gonna, we're at 231 right now. This is episode 113 my guy, Zai. Host of Contrast Uncut. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming through, bro. I think the camera's still on. My guy, Zylo, we killed it. Appreciate yeah. you coming on, my G. Thank yes, you. Sir. Thank Till you. Next episode. EC3, the Gap Tooth Genius. And we out. <laughs>